Paramount Pictures presents Mia Farrow in a William Castle production, Rosemary's Baby, co-starring John Cassavetes, written for the screen and directed by Roman Polanski. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Happy Halloween. This is our Halloween weekend Happy episode. Halloween. Oh, boy. I can't wait to talk about this movie with yeah, our guests. I've been waiting to do this one for a while. Everybody out there listening, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. Listen to Mia Farrow's <laughs> sweet lullaby voice. I love her voice. I can listen to it all night. Oh, yeah. But we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about this movie. Scott, introduce our wonderful guests to our listeners. We had my friend Muffy Bolding over. Muffy, welcome, welcome to, the show. to the show. Thank you so much. And you probably guessed it. We watched Rosemary's Baby, released yes, June 12th, 1968, directed by Roman Polanski. Wow. So you have been following our podcast even before we started airing episodes. Yes. Did you know that? Uh, yes. Yep. Yes, I do. I think I was one of your very first, actually, followers. <laughs> I, I think so. So I know Muffy from my job. She comes into my job very regularly at Trader Joe's. God, yes. And I think that I just spotted you with Jackie Beat out of drag. And I'm just like, is that Jackie Beat out of drag? And who is she with? Because yeah. <laughs> I had seen you before. And then I think that I just mentioned, do you know Jackie Beat? Yes, yes. Well, yep. I, I take that bitch grocery shopping with me. I make mm-hmm. her load my groceries. I haven't seen Jackie in a lot <laughs> lately. That. She hasn't been in lately? I, I haven't seen her. Maybe she... I She's to, hiding from I him. tend to work later in the day, so maybe she comes in earlier. <laughs> yeah. I don't even... I don't, that's weird. I think maybe she goes to the one in La Cunada. Okay. Ah. That makes sense. She's cheating on you. I know. Ah, what the heck? Such a bitch. Easier but parking in La Cunada. You immediately want to do the show... And you, of course, said Rosemary's Baby. So I have been holding this episode for 123 (laughs) episodes of our show. Yes. And And we finally got it. And it's our Halloween weekend episode. So it's perfect. It's all absolutely perfect. How do you like that? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I thank you profusely for holding it for me because I know it's – everybody loves Rosemary's Baby. But it is my most favorite movie of all time. Yeah. absolutely adore it every aspect of it and yeah. uh so yes i'm so excited to be here i mean is this the darkest movie made by a major hollywood studio for the time in 1968 i was thinking that today of just like i mean of course there had been psycho but i don't think that psycho even goes to the crazy the fucked lengths. up things that <laughs> yeah. this movie goes into yeah, i don't so, yeah i have to agree with you i think that i mean it was fucked uh, <laughs> Um, but you know, you got to really think about the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, this was shot in 1960s. In fact, principal photography began on this film, uh, on my birthday. Oh, wow. August 21st. Summer of 1967. 1967. And you know, 67 is sort of the beginning of the sixties as when we think of the sixties, that's like, and you know, I think this was a lead into that and I think it really starts to become apparent in this film um you know like even in the uh in the uh the big party scene that she has when she's yes. announcing that she's pregnant all those, like, uh, like, i love all of her friends they look like so much fun oh my god do you die yeah. i know 
<laughs> it's like love them. Yeah, it's just just pot smoking hipsters, yeah. just like the yeah, and just exactly <laughs> like drag queens. And I love it yeah. too. And I'm wondering, like, where did Rosemary Woodhouse from Omaha meet all the fucking drag queens? Right. And, yeah. So it must have been through Guy, like through theater. Yes. Yeah. Also. Yeah. That's all I can guess. Um, but anyway, it does get pretty dark, and mm-hmm. um, it's just a, such a perfect movie in every way. I mean, I watch this movie constantly i just put it on in the background i literally i study every single shot and every single Mm -hmm. brick and every single dish and because it's just so interesting to me um in fact here's a small (laughs) a small uh small tidbit um apartment 70 at the bramford is my happy place (laughs) seriously when i go to therapy my psychiatrist and my therapist both know they go are you going to 70 i'm going to 70 so wow i I love that so i haunt haunt the halls of i mean that apartment is just like so it is called the bramford and rosemary's baby and it is kind of it's the dakota they use the dakota Dakota for the exteriors and i believe that it's shot on a studio and at paramount but they tried to match it to look like exactly one like, of the yes. apartments there. Yes. And it, then I think they were very, very successful. But yes, right. the opening shots over Mia Farrow singing mm-hmm. Christophe Comedia's lullaby. And you see those that exterior shot yeah. coming over the... T- oh, God. Yeah. It's wild Beautiful. when you look at pictures of the Dakota from around when they built it Ugh. and you look at central well, park i mean and there's nothing it was around it. in the middle of <laughs> it's no in the middle of nowhere outside it's, of central park so in new york central park and then there's the dakota yeah and it's so and there's so much secrecy around the dakota right yeah. it's like very... you know if you even if you're googling pictures and stuff you don't get that many pictures people people rarely move out of there i found die. i found yeah. a website that had an, an apartment that was going for sale. It was going for something like $4 million. Yeah. And they had no, renovated it, was it. Wasn't it like 12 or oh, something? I'm, I, I don't even I, I don't think remember. it was like $12 million. $12 million yeah, or something. That yeah. that sounds a little more correct with New York real estate. But they redid it. It was too modern. They, that's, see, that's they really redid it. Yeah. yeah. You want to leave it old We're, school. I'm looking at these pictures going, what the hell? Yeah, this is no, buy that here. Exactly. This is in Glendale, <laughs> baby. Exactly. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's got to be old and witchy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's what I say, too. Well, the isn't the wasn't one of the big selling points of the Dakota, I mean, when they originally... What was it? The turn of the twentieth century? Was it even? It was, was like it even eight, the twentieth century. Eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, I think or it was. Yeah. 18, yeah. I, f- I feel like one of the selling points was that every every unit was unique. In yes, its floor it was plan. a little different. Yes. That's insane. They do, they do not even know the people that run the management. Of, they still do not have an absolutely accurate count of how many rooms. Right. Are, that's how weird and secretive mm-hmm. and hidden doors and all because that of kind of subdivisions stuff. subdivisions and absolutely, all that. Absolutely. Because people, you know, um, yeah, they've subdivided it down mm-hmm. and cut cut everything up. That's um, crazy. So, yeah. And, and of course, John and Yoko. Yeah, right. Live there and yeah. own like a whole, of course, the whole floor overlooking. Oh, okay. um, I don't know which floor they're on, but um, that was interesting that they didn't sell it after he got assassinated. That I think that they kept the apartment. Yeah, I think. And Judge- Sean ended up like moving in. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. So every day when you come home, you have to walk over the spot where your father was well, killed. Well, yeah, that's the yeah. other thing too. It's right like there, the right, entrance, right that there, that archway. As your, as your, yeah. I mean, the scene where. What's her face? Victoria. Uh, Victoria Vetri, the Vetri. actress. Yeah. Terry Genofrio. <laughs> yeah. When she jumps, Terry, and that's yeah, it, Terry. Um, that's 
that's where it right yeah. exactly where it happened wow. right there. So it's really it's interesting. That's, that scene, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about yes. that and the Castavets and Terry and oh, all of it. But God. that that scene when those two just come walking down the, the sidewalk. Sauntering mm-hmm. up, yeah. Just in his pink slacks yep. and her like yep. Yeah. Oh my god. Her goodness. pink hair. Those yeah. two. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. <laughs> Jackie Beat and I always threaten to get married, M A R Y married. <laughs> like, you know, uh, husband and slus, straight uh, husband and husband, gay husband, and we always threaten to dress up as Minnie and uh, and Roman at in that exact scene where they're walking, strolling down. Those are the second. I mean, in a movie full of amazing looks from the two oh, of them. Well, honey, we'll get there. That yeah. th- that entrance look honey. is a lot. Oh yeah, just <laughs> all of it. it, all of it. The costumes, the costumes are really yeah. the wardrobe in this film is, I think my favorite part of the whole thing but yes. we'll get there yeah. we'll get there so before we get too into the movie yes. do you remember when you first watched rosemary's baby um i'm sure that i saw it uh as a child at mm-hmm. some point i don't remember exactly the first time that i wish i did so i remember reading about this movie in premiere magazine in ew i think in the early 2000s did a list of the top 20 like best horror movies of all time right and kind of uh, budding cinephile, I noticed Rosemary's Baby. And mm-hmm. I remember my stepdad always talking about Rosemary's Baby and The Fearless Vampire Killers. <laughs> two movies that when he was younger, he was obsessed with. Right, right. And of course, my little podunk town, their video store, did not have Rosemary's Baby. Oh wow. My God. So uh, I feel like it was just one of those movies that I'd always heard about, but I could just never track it you down. You had to wait yeah. for Netflix. And then Netflix came around. <laughs> oh, man. And I Netflixed that shit, and okay. I watched it with my parents. Did you die? And loved it. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Every... Oh, my God. It's so genius. I mean... Yeah. I just... My memory was that my my parents and my mother in particular saying... It's so scary, but it's like it's a it's a it's a different kind of horror. Yes, it's building the entire time. Yes, and yes. when I you know said I'm going to watch it, and she was like, "Don't expect there to be like you know yes. devils and weird things and jump scares and all that. It's a feeling that you're going to get." Yes, and I'm thinking, okay, that's interesting. All right, and then watching it, and first off, just being kind of in awe of the look of the movie, Ugh, the visual. Everything. Um, I mean, yeah, everything from Mia Farrow and just how, like, beautiful and tragic and all of that. Yes. The clothes, the just the aesthetic, the vibe. Yep. And, and New York in the 60s. Oh, honey, that's yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. my God. New York. Yeah. And, you know, watching something like Breakfast at Tiffany's, which my mother also loved. Yes. And we're fairly close in yeah. time. Yeah. Right? I think Breakfast at Tiffany's is, what, like 61? Or Same so, decade, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same decade. They're both in the early 60s, 60s yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just they have such different kind of a vibe. Yeah. But still you can see that they're – it's both this kind of gone New York. Yes, uh, which I, lo- I'm, yeah. uh, I love. I watch The Odd Couple, the, yeah. the TV show. I, I don't even watch it for Oscar and Felix. You're I watch it because I want to see New York City. <laughs> yeah. Like what did it – what it looked like. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And I, then I, totally I feel it. like in college I remember the first time when I saw – the Royal Tenenbaums Ugh. and the way he shot New York. Yeah. Very specific Honey. style yep. of, I'm not going to show you Times Square and the Statue yep. of Liberty. I'm just going to show you the New York that I love and that I That's saw right. in movies. This I love letter to a bygone New York City. And, yes. Yeah. And I immediately thought, 
of the New York of Rosemary's Baby. Yes, and that's that is absolutely the, the truth. rooftops of the Dakota. Oh green God, and that's all. the whole yeah. thing. That that opening shot when mm-hmm. they come over the top. I just I I watch it and I freeze it. Yeah, I'm like okay, look in the wheel, watch it and freeze it, and you know. and then I just think like. Would the, would these shots even look the same today? Would there just be buildings behind it that I, weren't there? I think the exact you know, same fifty thing. years yep. ago, yep. like how much how much has visually changed of immediately around this building? Probably yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean, yep. I haven't been to New York for unfortunately. I haven't been to New York for over twenty years. So I was you know a kid last time I was there. Yep. So I didn't really get a chance to appreciate all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like this movie is just like that time capsule. And the thing about the way. Roman Polanski shot this movie with these crazy long takes. You really do get a chance to look around these shots. They're long takes, but they're not very showy. Like, you kind yeah. of have to be watching for them yes. that there hasn't been a cut. Yeah, you don't yes. even realize it half the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and there are some weird cuts and the fades in this. Yeah. The one, the one that always throws me, I watch this movie, like I told you, I watch it all the time. <laughs> I just leave it on in the background. Yeah. There's one shot and cut and fades fade that throws me every time and it's the beginning when they're eating dinner with hutch right and it's right the last shot just as they cut away he says i can't remember what he says now um they're sitting around the table and then it's this weird fade and it's it feels weird every time i watch it and i can't figure out what what he did differently (laughs) it feels but it just adds to the uneasiness that's exactly what it does also just like the weird uneasy framing Who's like who shot this movie? I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll find it. Uh, um, uh, 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 <laughs> well, anyways, just how he frames a shot of characters just off screen a little bit that you can't see them, like when Minnie is on the phone with the doctor, and you can see her on the phone, but you really can't. Oh, I love see that. her on the phone. Yes, and you're. That's a your that's, head just wants to just turn to the right a little your bit. Your head totally to try wants. to look <laughs> and, and, and see actually, what she's doing. I have found myself turning, like, <laughs> leaning to the right to see around the wall. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell is she doing in there? Oh my goodness. Um, is it? Is well, who's the who shot it? Ke- uh, w- William William Fra- Fraker. William Fraker. William Fraker, William Fraker yeah. did. That's right. Mm-hmm. William Fraker did. Yeah, there was a lot of weirdness when this movie first started. Um, he shot about, a bullet and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yes. These were like the heavy hitters. In yeah. Here. But William Castle was mm-hmm. supposed to originally direct. So he immediately bought the rights to the book. And yes. I think the book came out in 66. Six, 66. Yeah. So he immediately 66. bought them. Yes. I don't even know if the book was even published. Right. But he pretty much just heard the child of Satan. Yes. And to like, this I'm New in. York couple. I'm and in. he's like, I'm in. I'm in. And then he got Robert Evans at Paramount on board. Who and is. Robert Evans kind of had the talk Paramount into making this crazy movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think that Robert Evans uh, brought on board Roman, who had just pretty much just done these cool art house movies in Europe. Weird European art house mm-hmm. films, yep. And so, but, but you know, Robert Evans has the eye. He has the map. Yeah. He knew yeah. exactly. You know, like even in the casting, um, Polanski, you know, he read the book. And he also adapted it, the book to screenplay mm-hmm. in three weeks. Quite wow. and also quite literally that he just lifted lines okay, from the book. Okay, if you read yeah. the book and you can literally read yep. the book and watch and along. Follow. Thing. So, because <laughs> I, I, first I go, motherfucker. 
motherfucker did it in three weeks. How? I write scripts. You can't write a script. And then I realized, oh, he just transcribed is what he did. And then he got an okay. Oscar nomination. And then he got an Oscar nomination <laughs> for it. But, you know, his initial idea for Rosemary, because uh, in the book she's described as like milk fed, you know, and she's from Omaha. Okay. So she's like Midwestern. an all-American girl. So he thought Tuesday Weld. Right. You know, mm-hmm. who's like a Sandra D type. You yeah. know, a little more lush, blonde, blue-eyed, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, of course, Bob Evans was like, mm, we got this other actress over here. Very interesting on yeah. Peyton Place. But she's from TV, though. (laughs) And he went to bat for her. Um, And, you know, for me, and then, of course, for Guy, he wanted Robert Redford. Which makes sense because it's the very on-the-nose choice. Very much the on-the-nose. But he also had Jack Nicholson in his back pocket as a backup, which would have been... Very strange. Yeah. I think a little too distracting. But um, yeah. but but Robert Redford would have been the obvious choice. Like, if you go back to that time and, you know, who was working and who was... A, mm-hmm. He would have been, like, very, very on the nose. Yeah. And Bob Evans had an idea. He wanted something a little scrappier. Sure. Than Robert Redford. And, um, and, and of course... John Cassavetes. John yeah. Cassavetes does look like the type of man that would sell his wife out to Satan. Absolutely. <laughs> so, makes sense. He does. There's a little I bit lo- of a greasy bohunk yeah. actor aspect to him. I think. <laughs> I do. I love that if, if we would have gotten Robert Redford, it's kind of would have been like the anti the apartment kind of a thing, right? <laughs> the like, anti the apartment or anti uh, Barefoot in the Park. Bare- yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Barefoot in the Park. Both yeah, sort of yeah. New York... Uh, Dwelling apart, yeah, movies. like upside yes, down versions, exactly. dark versions of that. Uh, I do love Robert Redford, though. I just have to say, oh yeah, Honey Hubble Gardner is. He would have worked. Yeah, and Hubble Gardner is my. Everybody. I mean, you yeah. can't touch also sixties Robert Redford. You you cannot peacockness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even and you watch Barefoot in the Park, and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm in love with him. So yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. So so Robert Evans got his way, luckily. Um, because I can't even imagine this film without uh, without Mia Farrow. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I mean that wayfish. You know, I mean the, she's be- just a slip of a girl. The oh, type of are. actress yeah. and movie star that I really can't name a young actress like this anymore. Yeah, that oh, no, they don't really today. exist. No, I I'm trying to think. Uh, the closest, I the closest, closest you could really come is Michelle Williams. I think. Sure. Yeah. I think yep. Michelle Williams, you know, might, but yeah. that's, but, but she's such a changeling, you know what right. I mean? She right. really is. Yeah. She disappears yeah. into a part. Um, so, but that's the closest, I think, absolutely. Yeah. But um, Mia Farrow is everything. I mean, she's just, you know, um, and the haircut and the, oh, <laughs> come on now. Her, her voice is so like ethereal, just this like. Yeah. This little thing—it's like little... a cute little talking anime character. Very much so. <laughs> She's very much so, um, and which, of course, leads me right into the idea of uh, the topic of her style in this mm. film mm-hmm. was yep. very carefully crafted and manipulated right. to be a certain thing. Uh, Anthea Silbert was the costume designer, and she's brilliant. She did mm-hmm. Chinatown, also. She's oh, okay. fucking genius. And, you know, this movie has, I mean, if you get online and look up Rosemary's Baby style, mm-hmm. there are thousands of websites that are, like, obsessed with the same, the, the, the style that she brought. And yes. what that style really is, is 
they wanted Polanski and Anthea Silbert together decided they wanted her to look like a little girl. Sure. They yes. wanted her to look yep. naive. Her nightgowns. Like naive. So if you yeah. think about her dresses, which are awesome, yeah. but they're little baby doll dresses. Right. And some of them have huge collars, like a yeah. little girl, like a five-year-old little girl. Every single costume or outfit that she wears in this film, except for one, <laughs> is like a little girl. Right. She's wearing flats, mm-hmm. little sandals. Uh, little hat, little boat hat on the mm-hmm. back of her head. Yeah. Everything looks like a, like a five year old girl, um, except for baby making scene. Uh, sure. Okay. So then they yep. put her in the blood red, right. and then you know uh, where she looks a little more sophisticated. Sure. But even at the party, when everybody comes over, when she announces that she's pregnant, you know, and the guys, you look like chalk, mm. piece of chalk. <laughs> even in that holiday dress, she still has. A, a lace, little lace collar, right. little Peter Pan collar. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's infantilized in, you know, visually and, and which I thought was, it worked so well. And even the, the blocking of when she's watching Guy's commercial. Oh my God. She's going up to the TV like, like she's a little kid. little kid. She's squatting yep. down yeah. in front of the TV like a little child. Yeah. It's it, exactly it. So how much of this um, styling in this movie do you think kind of influenced mod fashion or was that already I well I kind think of there mod fashion really started you know coming about in uh, it's early 60s earlier but you yeah. started more in England right. you know over there you have the mods and the rockers mm-hmm. and all that stuff and then it started to bleed over here with you know the Beatles and Beatlemania and yeah. all that stuff and so I think it was kind of here but I think that yeah I think that Silbert, Anthea Silbert, the one who designed the costumes, I think she was she was just such a is she's still alive by the mm-hmm. way, such a genius that I think that she pulled together yeah. all of these different vibes, you know, and different um, styles mm-hmm. to, to piece it together to to come up with this wardrobe um, that is extraordinary. Yeah. I, I never tire of looking at it. I, I mean, sometimes I'll turn the damn sound off just so I can watch. <laughs> Uh, Rosemary's clothing. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. Um, Mia Farrow said on the Criterion that her cute little Moo that is hers. Oh, really? That the one she, that's, yeah. That she, that's her dress that she just brought to set. And, they, in, in, and the costume which, designer was just scene? like, well, let's just, well, let's just use this. That's per- it's perfect. It's yep. exactly, it's that those little, it's like mini skirts, oh, sure. but sleeveless. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so the the night of when they were making the baby, that's mm-hmm. obviously when she's wearing the blood red. Mm-hmm. Right. But the other costume that is very very telling is uh, at the end when she's wearing the robe. Yeah. Yes, she is wearing a light blue robe and her slippers, and it's got white lace on it. And he, Polanski wanted to mirror the Virgin Mary. The mother of God. Sure, that makes so sense. That's ex- when mm-hmm. you look, when you know that, yep. and you look yeah. at, you go, oh my God, mm-hmm. how did I not white. see that? Yeah, and she does look like because those are Mary's colors, mm-hmm. are light blue and white, 
And so, yeah, so it's just interesting. There's tons, there's so much symbolism in this film that, yeah. that you just don't catch the first time you watch it. You know, the fact that they go over to Hutch's house and have dinner and he serves them lamb at the beginning yeah. <laughs> and they're eating the body, you know, I mean, yeah. lamb being this the ultimate, lamb right, ultimate yeah. metaphor for the body of Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's just tons of stuff in here. And, but you don't even have to know all that shit to right. enjoy this film because mm-hmm. it's fucking scary. I, I remember specifically back to the first time I saw it over 20 years ago mm-hmm. and just... The iconic Rosemary look, the iconic Mia Farrow look, yeah. is the Vidal Sassoon. Oh my God! Please, right? Yeah. And I'm watching this movie, going, just thinking to myself, when does she get the haircut? She still doesn't have the. Haircut. She's still wearing the wig, the weird Bob wig. Yeah. In some of those shots, the Bob wig. Yeah, it's a little yeah. Wiggy. And, and we were also <laughs> noticing when just you could tell the pickup shots that were probably taken a little late in production yes. that her hair is growing it's out a little out. bit. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's pre- it's an entire mm-hmm. pregnancy. It but, is, you know, it is. But yeah, no, I dig deep in this. I go, I. I freeze frame it. I'm looking at the calendar and I'm trying to figure out when was her period and when did she get pregnant and when is she due? And oh yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. She's doing June. All right. June 66, and, uh, yeah. yeah. 1960. Yeah. So all of 1966. Yeah. Like, yeah. So there's, there's just so much there. Oh God. It's so good. Uh, Have you seen the photo of Vidal Sassoon cutting her hair at Paramount? Yes. Where she's I got love, the, I I love that photo. I, I think it's too. so cool. I do too. With her little, she's got a towel on. She mm-hmm. looks so adorable. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they pretty much had a press conference of her getting this damn haircut. Yeah. It was like <laughs> a <laughs> big deal. And what's yeah. so funny, I mean, it's such a beautiful cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she, with that bone structure. Oh, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. You know, she was 21 years old. Uh, okay, how wow. weird is that, by the way? Wow. 21 years old and married to fucking Frank married Sinatra. Married to motherfucking what Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Who so when, wanted her to quit the movie? Yeah. He filed. He had yeah. her served with divorce papers on set during the production of the film. But this haircut. Petty. Yeah. So petty. <laughs> yeah. Because she wouldn't be the little wifey sitting at home. Because, yeah. you know, the 60s were coming. Oh, yeah. And she was already starting to hang out with the Beatles mm-hmm. and starting to hang out with the Maharishi. Mm-hmm. And she was already going to India. And uh, where her sister Prudence her sister went with Prudence, her, and, as we all know, Prudence was immortalized. Yeah, in, in yeah. the Beatles song. In, yeah, dear. Prudence. Yes, that's Prudence Farrow, who was, by the way, at the. T- I remember when I first read about that when I was a kid, and I was like, "What the what? Why wouldn't she come out?" Yeah, and they didn't have the language back then. She was having a panic attack, ah. like a huge, probably from all the drugs or whatever. Yeah, and she was having a huge panic attack because she couldn't talk, she couldn't, and she wouldn't come outside, and that's what was compelled that song which wow. is so interesting yeah um but so anyway so mia farrow was starting to get into this stuff and she didn't want to hang around and be frank sinatra's little like nothing you know so keep it, he met her when she was 19 years old he was, crazy he was almost 50 yeah married her and when she's making this movie she's like 21 years old honey honey no seriously oh the target grant white cotton granny panties i have on right now are older than 21 okay i'm serious like she was a baby it's yeah, so weird to think about and so yeah so but anyway um what were we where were we going i can't remember well i mean uh, what were, what were we i know we were who specifically cares? who gives a shit i think I, we're just I, talking I, about the hair oh the hair yeah, we the were hair, talking about the yeah. hair which is with her bones, she has the most perfect bone structure mm-hmm. on the planet. She, have you? By the way, when you guys were watching this at all, did you ever look at her and go, "She looks exactly like her fucking son, Rowan"? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, no. Well, yeah. you know, also who Rowan, Roman looks like is uh, Frank Sinatra. And that's what's interesting about Mia uh, Farrow is that, like, even though he divorced her over this movie, she still kept up with him. Yeah. For. 
pretty much his whole entire life. life. The yeah. whole lives. Yeah. All of her children up till, you know, they all knew, all knew who Frank was. Frank Uncle was like Frank. A, Uncle Frank was a constant <laughs> presence. No, but that hair with that bone structure, mm-hmm. I look at her, Joe, God. And, and quick aside here, uh, this was about 15 years ago. I had been dyeing my hair like black. I don't just, I don't even, I wasn't trying to be a goth. I don't know what the <laughs> hell. I, and I tried to get the black out of my hair and it would not come out of my hair. So I had to cut all my hair off. Mm. So I went to this punk rock barber in Coronado, California on the Island. And I said, just, just big old butch, uh, punk broad. I said, have you ever seen Rosemary's baby? <laughs> and she's like, you want a Rosemary? baby?" I said, give me a Rosemary baby. So she cut all my damn hair off. And I'll tell you something right now. What I didn't realize is that Mia Farrow has curly hair. Mm, okay. She does. Yeah. She has uh-huh. curly hair. My hair at this time was stick straight. Okay. So I got, uh, yes, <laughs> I got the Rosemary Woodhouse cut, except I didn't look like Rosemary Woodhouse. I looked like Pete Rose. Okay. <laughs> uh, you think I'm fucking kid? I looked like Pete Rose. I went home. Flat all three top. of my kids started crying. Oh my God. Like, yeah, it was so – I traumatized my children. I had to grow that shit out. But anyway, um, that was just a small aside. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> horrifying. Horrifying. Well, so. we always quote the episode of America's Next Top Model where Tyra had one of the beauty queen contestants who had long blonde hair. Or was it brown? She had long brown she hair. Had, Cassandra had long She's brown Texas. hair. Yeah. And she had her cut it all off. Have you ever seen that movie Rosemary's Baby starring Mia Farrell? You haven't? Well, I'll explain what her hair looked like in that movie. It was a little bit lighter than yours. And it was this short. Oh my god. So you're gonna have to say bye-bye to Beauty Queen. We're not just cutting this just to cut your hair. Oh, this no. fits your face. Your face is strong enough to handle that. <laughs> Cassandra, why are you crying? I love my hair. <laughs> It'll always grow back. And when they went back to the shoot, um, it was kind of like a Karen cut. And when they're at judging, long. Tyra was like, no, I asked for Mia Farrow and Rosemary's baby. Go and get it cut again. And the model walked off. She said no and left the show. She oh. said no to Mr. J. <laughs> and but she left. the point is, Tyra Banks has always said to these girls, if I cut your hair all off, it's because you're, you have the bone structure to carry. It works. That's that right. Cut. That's a compliment. And she yeah. often references Mia Farrow and Rosemary's baby saying... The bone structure. There's no greater bone. You show me greater bone structure than that. You turn her to any angle, and it is astonishing. But it's so haunting when they do her gaunt look. Pretty much looking purple. Her scary. She does look purple when she's when she's eating the ramen. She does look purple in the uh, the sunken eyes. Yeah. yeah. So she was. They. She was able to be made up to look Mm -hmm. very gaunt, uh, and it really, really worked. Yeah. Um. So good. Oh my God. She's so beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's just the combination of this, this beautiful face, her teeny little frame, yes. this like whisper of a voice, yes. all mm-hmm. of that together just makes this kind of like, and to me, Mia Farrow was always kind of like the, a very enigmatic presence, you know, I agree. Like her private life was while she did live in the public eye with Woody and adopting all the yeah. kids and all that, yeah. I feel like they still were pretty private. I have to agree. Do you know what I, I mean? I, yeah. I have so to agree. I always felt like she just was this mysterious kind of 
woman you know especially in the 80s and the 90s or in the 80s when i was a kid you know like we're getting national Enquirer and we're getting like yeah yeah actors and actresses in the public eye and you see goldie on people and you know share yeah. on the motorcycle and all this and there's mia just with like pushing a stroller her through new york city army yeah. of kids yeah. <laughs> yeah with her army of kids the benetton family yeah, yeah. yeah. so true and you know and just I don't know. She everything about her visually just is. Um, There's something a little is, mysterious. Yeah. I, I have to agree yeah. with you totally. Um, yeah, I've watched some stuff about her life now you know with all the kids and i mean and there's been a lot of shit yeah, there's obviously. the hbo documentary yeah i didn't finish it but i did watch a few episodes yeah, i haven't watched that yet oh actually. it's insane Be- uh, yeah i'm kind of yeah. sort of terrified to yeah watch. yeah that's I'm sort of watch, yeah. <laughs> um i'll I, I will get around to that actually thank you for reminding me i have to add that to my list um but yeah so i i have to agree with you i think there is something you know and then also her background is so mm. strange she had you know? f- Famous actor parents, Very right? Very much. She grew up mm-hmm. in the heart of Beverly Hills. Right. She grew up, you know, I mean, it very, very privileged background mm-hmm. um, and uh, an interesting family and also very hardcore Catholic. And yeah. there was just, there just, she just had a strange, so I always wondered, like, was her enigma-ish quality, was it something that she um, created? Right. Or was it something that she just... It was she just a shy little? I don't even I don't know. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the fact that I don't know, right? Yeah, the, the further you know. So I think she <laughs> deepens a fa- the mystery. Yeah, I think she's a fascinating <laughs> yeah. person. I yeah. do. Absolutely. I always read that. I always uh, have read that she wanted to become a nun when she was little. <laughs> when she was yeah. little, her what's her name like? Her real name is Maria Lourdes. Like oh, I mean, wow. she has like a like a long hardcore Catholic, Catholic name. hardcore Catholic name. Yeah. And then she found herself in Rosemary's Baby. The <sighs> The, the mother, the mother of. <laughs> the, the, I love all the Catholic stuff in the mm-hmm. like peppered throughout the movie. Just oh, how yeah. that she was, she was um, brought up Catholic, and I love that it's just that very kind of old fashioned way of saying a Catholic. Yes, I was brought up a Catholic, a Catholic, yeah. a Catholic, <laughs> the yeah. real church, yeah. the real church, it's not a, the uh, one thing. true church. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely peppered throughout. Now that you say that, I'm running back. Well, the, different- the other things is like. You know when she's having these uh, these dreams after yes. she ate the mouse, yes, and it's like, and there's JFK, and there's, there's Jackie, Jackie, Jackie O coming down with her diaphanous yeah. girl, with that voice. We'll meet. We'll be up on deck waiting for you. I'm we think to get that, some rest. We think the Jackie sounded a little Marilyn. She, well, I, whenever mm-hmm. people try to imitate her, that they usually do. Although she was pretty breathy, mm-hmm. if you ever watched yep. anything. Yeah. But what's interesting about that dream sequence is, you know, you go up and it's JFK. Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice the one shot? The back of his head is blown off. No, most people, oh, I didn't notice most that. people don't notice that when mm-hmm. she's standing oh. on the left, he's standing on the right, and he said, and she says, "Oh, Hutch, isn't Hutch coming?" Mm-hmm. And he says, "No, only Catholics, only Catholics, only." only <laughs> you know, and if you look back on the back of his head, it's there's blood, oh, and no. it's like yes, wow. So and keep, but keep in mind, this was too just, soon, just a couple of years <laughs> after that actually happened. Yeah, you know, this wow. was shot. Let's say it's four years, mm-hmm. so that's nothing at all. Wow. Goodness. So yeah, so it's it's interesting that whole sequence yeah, is interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about John Cassavetes. Mm-hmm. He's great. Scott was mentioning last night that he's, uh, he used to think Cassavetes was not that, not as handsome. Yeah. 
you yeah. know, as as maybe obviously like Robert Redford, who right. is. But Scott was like, no, I think he's I think he's pretty good looking. I'm kind of coming around to <laughs> he's thinking got his own John Cassavetes yeah. can get it. <laughs> he, he could get it. Yep. He could get it. Yeah, he's got his own thing kind of mm-hmm. going on, and it is very kind of East Coast. Um, yes, absolutely. But yeah, the whole. I mean that whole the whole relationship between Polanski and Cassavetes on set yeah. was like very contentious. I've, right. I they talked about that in the documentary on the Criterion that Cassavetes is sort of uh, John Cassavetes was very used to improv on yes. his sets. Yep. That like there was a script, but you didn't necessarily have to stick to it. And Roman Polanski wanted you to say the exact line. And if Roman didn't like your blocking, he would stop you and let you know. Yes, yes. When And Cassavetes came from the old school where it was, you know, more like method and let me just right. improv and let me Be vi- vibe into yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and, and there was so, there was a lot of contention. And also because not only is he an old school New York, you know, stage method actor, mm-hmm. he's also a film director too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know better that I think this shot is wrong. Why don't you, yeah. you know, and there was that crap. And I read that Ruth Gordon had to step in several times like, oh, to wow. break it up. Cause she, cause you know, he's the director. That's you what, have to do what he says. Ruth don't yep. fucking play. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's my goddess. Oh man. Um, but she don't fucking play. And she would come in and say, you know what? This knock this shit off. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. this, you know, this isn't working. Um, but did you guys hear about Cassavetes, the shoe thing? Oh, um, yeah, tell that. Tell the story. Tell the story. Well, I've heard he, it, but yeah, he uh-huh. came to set and he was wearing this pair of tennis shoes. Now think like white Vans, slip-on Vans. Okay, mm-hmm. but at that time, I don't even know if they had Vans then. They could have been Vans from, but it looked like Gilligan shoes or something. Oh, sure. Anyway, so he's wearing these and they're th- white and they're thrashed and dirty, and he is insisting on wearing these shoes because they were more comfortable to do the scene in, in every single shot. And <laughs> yep. and, and Polanski's like, okay, you going to be wearing a suit and you can't wear those and he later on Polanski later on attributed he said he thinks that they were like some sort of like um like a superstition, like a sure. talisman. Yeah. Like he, those were like, those shoes gave him the superpower heroes to act. <laughs> he said he felt like he couldn't act unless he was wearing those shoes. And you, and now that you, when you know that you watch the show and you see him, you know, kicking his feet up on the couch and you see those just dirty, yeah. like falling mm-hmm. apart. But yeah, he insisted on wearing the That's shoes. So it's so bizarre how like, okay. Um, but you know, that was just another, uh, Another bone of contention. And I think that um, Roman talks about that he liked – he, Roman says that he likes directing women like Mia Farrow or Sharon Tate yeah. because they're used to a man leading, which is a very 60s yeah, oh yeah. sort oh of yeah. like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. way of thought. Yeah, yeah. But like when you're like waltzing with a woman, the man leads. Right. And right. they just sort of go along with it. Right, right. Um, and two men dancing, they're both going to want to lead, and then it yep. ain't going to work. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> difficult. So, yeah, it was. I, it was probably very uncomfortable on set a lot yeah. of the times. I, I would think because and Cassavetes was a you know a hard ass, and Polanski's a hard ass too. I mean, what is he five two? Yeah, so, you know, he <laughs> motherfucker got something to prove. Yeah, absolutely. So you know. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. The photographs are, are very um, fun when you see him directing Mia and Ugh. just kind of like ushering her around the apartment. And yep. he's just her size. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't so realize. Teeny. I know. He's so tiny. He's like itty bitty. Yeah. Um, um, so we, I mean, we, you spoke a little bit about Ruth Gordon. We have to talk you know about Ruth. crazy about Ruth Gordon <laughs> that I Everything. didn't really know yeah, that she is from the silent era. 
she totally is from the side yeah. so she's been acting in movies since there were movies <laughs> yeah no she yeah. she talk about the algonquin round table right homie was like a part of like in that whole yeah, circle that you know York. helen hayes and james MacArthur yeah. and alexander wolcott also Dorothy kind of Parker. a pioneering uh female screenwriter very much so mm-hmm. she uh, she honestly if i have to choose one hero in my life who is my she's totally my fairy mod mother it's ruth gordon <laughs> i'm serious Abs- Ruth Go- Miss Ruth Gordon, Ruth, Ruth Jones from Quincy, Massachusetts. Wow. She is everything. So fierce. Her birthday, her 125th birthday is oh, on Saturday coming up. And yeah, she's wow. every. I mean, watch Harold and Maude. That's I mean, wild. she's like, to me, she's goals. Sure. I look at her and I'm like, that's goals. That's, that's what I want to be. Yeah. And I mean, I, I also love a woman that can have the second wind of her career. How old is she? How old was she, was she when she made this? Probably uh, in her. She, she was like almost. Eight, she was almost eighty. When she yeah. made, she was in her. Oh, when she made this. When she made Rosemary's when Baby. When she made this, I think she was like sixty. I was gonna say probably late sixties. Yeah, I think she was like sixty-seven mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, yeah, she was born in eighteen ninety-six, and she yeah. can just have so the second wind of her career, which is so yeah. cool. Yeah, at a time where stuff like that was pretty hard for an actress. Oh my God, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she just. What I love about her is she just talk about. Chewing the scenery. I mean, <laughs> you know, because she is a stage. A- that's what she was. Yeah. She was a stage actress. Mm-hmm. And so, um, my favorite episode of Columbo that I also watch <laughs> some, on a daily basis. Literally, my husband can vouch for that. Um, she did an episode of Columbo, and when to watch her act in this thing, mm-hmm. she oh, she acts like a like she acts like she's acting on a stage that's like fifty feet away from sure. you. Everything is exaggerated. <laughs> and, for the back row. Oh, honey, the scene where they're sitting up. Uh, Roman and Minnie and Guy and Rosemary are having dinner mm-hmm. in their apartment, and she's with the damn cake and the, with the fork. And you want? <laughs> and it's so over the top. And I love her so much. I absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the jangling of the damn yeah. charm bracelet every single. She's scene. like she's like wiping when he like spills the vodka blush. Oh, yeah. Yes, and she's like wiping, wiping it, up. it up. Everything is huge. I mean, her. it's definitely <laughs> what this movie needs is that it needs some humor. Now, to our guests, welcome to our home. Cheers. <coughs> carpet. Oh dear. Brand new carpet. This man's so clumsy. Because like we don't want to like look into the darkness for too long. Like we need something funny. That's exact. Every mm-hmm. everything she does is hilarious. <clears throat> you know. Yeah. Um, and then they brought in Patsy Kelly too. Played Laura Louise. Laura Louise. Come on Love now, Laura Louise. Rosemary just trying to listen to her like smooth jazz, and they just come barging, they come barging in. in. And by the way, that yep. scene where 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 Rosemary's laying on the couch mm-hmm. on the couch that just got delivered that morning, um, she's reading a book, and the book is autobiography of. Called Yes I Can by Sammy Davis oh, Jr. Yeah. Yes, I can. So oh, she was Sammy. like hanging out with Sammy. That was Sammy's one <laughs> well, of her husband's yeah, best friends. Yeah. So she had his book. That's what she was reading. Sam. Oh, that's great. And I know. And yep. then they come in and um, Laura Louise. I know they come in with their embroidery and their knitting and uh, just and those Coke bottle glasses. Women from a different time. <laughs> totally. And talking yep. about the oh, honey. And when I had my period, I couldn't get out. Of, I couldn't eat. I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Um, uh, and speaking of which, I was going to say which, your talisman. <laughs> Tannis, Tannis, anyone? Tannis roots. Tannis roots. So yeah, so I have I have a, oh a rosemary's baby necklace that are you I was sh- gifted. Are you sure you don't mean Annis roots? Annis? Yes, exactly. Hush. Yeah. Patsy be- Kelly, right? Patsy Kelly. Oh. Patsy Kelly was like a, a comedic actress that they brought in, and I I think that he let he gave her the biggest 
leeway on because sure. you could, like she yeah. she was doing stuff you could tell like my god the last shot of her oh, man. when she's walking when she's at the bassinet sh- you know pushing yeah. the bassinet and rosemary's like you're pushing it too hard and when uh roman says laura louise let her do it, let yeah. her do it. and when laura louise walks <laughs> away she sticks her tongue out i love that you know that that was just oh yeah yeah she just could not yeah. fucking help herself <laughs> that patsy kelly could not help patsy herself. kelly yeah, in amazing. one scene is sitting in a chair i think that it's when uh they have Rosemary back at the house and they have her in bed. In bed, yeah. And she has her magnifying glass Ugh, reading. Readers. And then I'm just flashing <laughs> to my grandma Youngbauer reading her TV guide yes. with, with a magnifying the magnifying glass. glass. <laughs> yeah, just women from a different time. Totally, completely yep. different time. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. I think my grandmother had the one that was like a page size. It was like eight and a half by 11 and like a like a floppy plastic but it was a whole magnifier oh and she would hold that hold that up yeah that's instead so of like a magnifying glass that's so funny yeah <laughs> so <clears throat> ruth okay so i was just listening to uh mindy cohen's podcast right. today love her and she was uh, it was an older episode she was talking to kim fields of, yeah, course. of course and um mindy cohen said that she always wanted to be uh a Ruth Gordon, Geraldine Page, Cloris Leachman type. Oh, God. And I was like, I love that. The it's dream for any character actress. <laughs> yeah. Throw Madeline Kahn in there yeah. and you got me, honey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's for me, I never, I never ever got cast in like ingenue roles, even when mm-hmm. I was an ingenue. <laughs> I always got cast in weird character roles. Mm-hmm. And that's the best. Those are what I love. Yeah. The very, very most. They're the most fun. I've played one ingenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played. Um, Maggie Cutler in the play uh, The Man Who Came to Dinner mm. and Betty Davis played her in the film and it was the least fun that I've ever had acting because sure. I'm like I'm not a fun <laughs> make me like the weird aunt in the yeah, attic yeah. you know so much more fun and so yeah Cloris Leachman Madeline Kahn yeah. uh, Ruth Gordon mm-hmm. is my everything just- <laughs> and even just how they're introduced that Rosemary and Guy are walking home and they find the woman that she was just talking to in the basement yes. doing yes. laundry yes. dead on the sidewalk because she fell out of the upstairs window. Yes. So, okay. There's a couple of things yes. about Terry, mm-hmm. right? That first off, Rosemary says to her, I thought you were Victoria Vetri, the actress. And she says, oh, a lot of people tell me that. I don't see it. But the crazy thing is... She actually is Victoria. The, she, the actress <laughs> playing Terry Genofrio actually is Victoria. Is Victoria <laughs> Which is like, what were they... Who? What kind of inside joke That's so was, weird. Yeah, and I think she went on later to be like a Playboy bunny ah, or something okay. like that. She is kind of a piece of ass, I have to say. She's beautiful. But... She's also not credited as Victoria Vetri. She's credited under a different name. Like Adrian. So it's so weird. Yeah, it's it weird. doesn't make any it's sense. It's so weird. What is the... I want the backstory on that. Angela Dorian. Yes, yeah. That's right. Is, is what she's credited as. My name is Terry Gianofrio. Nice to meet you. I'm Rose Raymond Woodhouse. Uh, we, we're new tenants here. I'm staying with the cast of It's the seventh floor. I'm their guest, sort of, since June. Our apartment used to be the back part of yours. For goodness sake, she took the old lady's apartment, Mrs. Uh, yeah, Miss uh, Gardenia. Gardenia. Yeah. She was a good friend of the Castavets. She used to grow all kinds of herbs and things for her to cook with. I saw those plants. Yeah, well, now she grows her own things. Excuse me a moment. I have to put the softener in. What does your husband do? 
He's an actor. No kidding, what's his name? Guy Woodhouse. He was in Luther and Nobody Loves an Albatross and he does a lot of television and radio. So, so interesting. So crazy. So she tells this story about how, you know, she lives with the Castavets. She's kind of like their ward. They took her in literally off the street. I almost think that she was like a cast out from like the factory. <laughs> that like, oh my god, I love your backstory. Yeah, Let's I, write I like it. To think, I like to think that she was like with the Warhol crowd yeah, and she sure. was just strung out. And oh my god, the Castavets took her in. Okay, I, I love that. That's like a whole other swing the camera around. Let's yeah. film that. I love though that like maybe they maybe she was somewhere they were at a party or something and they all just kind of left and she was she was just like having a, like a bad trip and, and everybody yeah. kind of walked away right and, right right and, and then, then there she, the there they came <laughs> yeah so good but you know so here's here's my question and it's probably a big debated question but is did they get rid of her because they found rosemary did they get rid of her because she was objecting to things. What happened? It just so, wasn't working out. I don't well, know. no, what you do because so that's when you when Rosemary they're like uh, Rosemary and Guy are in their room and they can hear Minnie through right. the wall. Right. Yes, it's like I told you not to tell her. I told you was she wasn't going to be on board with this. Oh. I told you not to tell her beforehand. Got so it. what it is is oh. they literally they, said, "Hey, honey, this her. is this is the deal," and she was like, "Fuck not, not this," you. Yeah. and they had to get rid of her. Okay, and so then oh, conveniently here's this you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beautiful, young, uh, eager to get pregnant. Yeah. My wife just moved into 70. And they're right next door. So and Right through the closet. Right so through the I closet. I was say, here's my other question. The woman that lived in 7E before... Mrs. Gardenia. Mrs. Gardenia. She was, she was growing things in her herbarium. Herbarium. <laughs> Which, yes. is that even a word? <laughs> I mean, I think that old New York apartments like that just had an herbarium. Right, but my question is, she... I can't thought that she was kind of in cahoots with the cast of X. I th- well, now, remember when Rosemary walked over and was like looking around and she looked at the desk and she saw something written that said, yeah. I can no longer associate no myself longer with. Associate myself. And she put the giant hutch So I was, was going to say, why did she block them out? I, yeah, I think that she may have been she may have been in on it and then decided, I don't want this. Sure. And then blocked it off. Okay. Um, that's I mean, that in in conjunction with I can no longer be associated. Right, with, that, that tells was, me that yeah. she was the one who. Because for a while I was like, did somebody from the other side of the wall move that there? Mm-hmm. To I you know I don't know, but I I think Mrs. Gardenia actually. That, yeah, I think she came to the, came to where she was just like fuck this. I'm not. I'm yeah, not, you're right. These people are jacked mm-hmm. up. Okay, I like it. I like it. I and th- there would be there would be no reason for them to use their their coven powers. What what was it called? Like the United Mind. To 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 bl- the way they blinded. Oh the yeah, other they blinded actor. Donald Baumgart. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, and they put Hutch in the coma and all yes. that. There was no need to do that with Mrs. Gardenia because she was already one one foot out the door. <laughs> yeah, but didn't they said that she did went she did go into a coma though? Oh, she did die in the okay. hospital. She died in the hospital. So, so maybe so they did. I think they did. They did I think they did. Okay. I think they threw the whammy. Alrighty. Um, yeah. yeah, and so yeah, her Donald Baumgart. Um, I love what they what they. Oh, go go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say the Donald Baumgart oh, yes. trivia piece, which is when uh, Rosemary picks up the phone calls to call him, him mm-hmm. and the voice comes over on the other end of the phone and you actually see her like 
she was surprised because the voice that Polanski used and they didn't tell her he was going to use was that's Tony Curtis's sure. voice. Yep. And so she had no idea and she was trying to figure like, I know this voice. Yeah. And, and so when you watch it, it, it's very apparent that it's an actual conversation that they're having yes. because her audio is through a is through the phone. Yes, you yes. Know, so it's yes. it's the back and forth. Of I them, agree. I you know, agree. So it's I not. Agree. And that's yeah. the scene with the cameo from William Castle. He's outside of the phone booth. Right? He's outside of the phone booth. That no, that's not the call. Oh no, no it's, no. it's late. It's, that, late. It's, oh, it's sure. later. It's later. Oh, yeah. So yeah, where she is, she's figured out. Oh yeah, uh, she's on the phone with with the, Charles Grodin. The phone booth is she's trying to get a hold of Doctor Hill. Yeah, and William Castle is standing behind. So cute. He's so cute. Um, yeah yes um so okay i do love the 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 whole the the whammy as you put it that they that they put on people yeah it's very witchy blinding someone witchy blinding Blinding, they just they're just blind i know but then the whole like when um hutch comes over to visit rosemary that afternoon and he's like oh my god you look awful Mm -hmm. you're you know blah 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 and then all of a sudden roman shows up at the door Mm -hmm. like for no reason and she's like oh do you want to come in and he comes in and so he wants to oversee like what's going on and then um guy rushes and then guy rushes home because makeup still on makeup still on and so obviously he was called um get there and get something that belongs to hutch yeah and that's where the glove disappeared too because that for a minute i was thinking because Roman saw himself out. He's like, I can find my way yes, out. So I thought, right. oh, maybe he ran and got something. But no, Guy's like, oh, this is this is your jacket. It's not my jacket, so it must be yours. Yes. He grabbed the jacket out of yes. the closet. So yep. he pulled out yep. the glove. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I want to see the conversation with the Castavets and Guy, with Roman and Guy when Minnie and when they're doing the dishes, Rosemary are doing the dishes. Um, first, that's of all, when let's talk about that. Fun. That's yeah. when shot, that one that shot yeah. when they're in there talking and doing the dishes, and Rosemary looks inside the room, and it's another one of those where you can't you want to see her on yeah. the hills around the corner, but all you see is just the wisps of smoke, very <laughs> demonic, yes, like like yeah. like fire and brimstone from hell. Mm-hmm. He's like such a beautiful. Do you shot. really want this role? Yeah. So wild. Mm-hmm. The, just the just the story of just like these crazy neighbors are kooky and it's like, okay, yeah, you go over with your wife and you're just like, wow, these people are kind of kooky. And then all of a sudden they lay this on you and you're just like, okay, I okay, that'll, that'll okay. do. You can have, I mean, you can have our, there's <laughs> our a lot baby. of rejection being an actor and it would be nice to just sort of like be yeah. at the front of the line. It's so true. Would I have yeah. to sell my wife out? To these oh, Satanists. Okay. okay. <laughs> I guess. No problem. Yeah, because at the end when he says to her, look, Rosemary, they, they promised me that you wouldn't be hurt. And if yeah. you think about it, you really you weren't. weren't. And yeah. That's when she fucking hawks a loogie <laughs> right in his damn face. Yeah. Yep. yep. So you just sold uh, our baby. Man. Yeah. Think about all we got in return. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Um, and I also love that, and it was a very, very conscious choice not to show the baby. Yes. Yeah. Because think about it. Let's talk about it for a second. If they had showed the baby yeah, with yeah. the audio animatronic yeah, the claws yeah. and the uh, yeah. Or even the contact lens. Not contact lens. Wouldn't, they couldn't put yeah. contact lenses in, in a baby, baby. But I mean, but, uh, how, uh, what would uh, they have done? Would, would they, yeah. uh, did they even have the technology really to even – maybe that played into it too. But he thought it would be far – Polanski thought it would be far scarier if yeah. we never saw it, yeah. which I agree with. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, because everything in your mind is not going to – 
I mean, well, you well, know, he has his father's that, eyes that, that you already about know. Yeah. It's going to be so much scarier. The, yeah. Yes. The, the tiger eyes. But then when, when, you know, Laura Louise, look at his feet. Oh, look I know. Look at his feet. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, what are, are they? Are they, are they cloven hooves? They're totally under are the they cloven chicken hooves. feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chicken yeah. feet. <laughs> and we did get the shot of the, of the beast. During on top of rosemary, on top of rosemary. Top of rosemary. Oh my goodness! I actually had to look. That actor is actor. That, that guy is credited. His name is like Clay it's, something. It's, or uh, the rumor is that it's Anton Lavey, the head of the Church of. It is of not. Satan. It is not Anton Lavey. It's not Anton Lavey. No, his name is like Clay something or other. Yeah. He's actually an actor who acted in a bunch of like kind of Burt Reynolds kind of films okay. after that, which makes perfect sense. Sure. Um, but yeah, can you imagine? That is wild. That is. Crazy. That whole scene is just, I mean, oh my God. And also, none of the body parts that you see are actually Mia Farrow. Yeah, I didn't think so double. because you never yep. see her face. Well, Frank Sinatra yeah. was not uh, going to oh, let yeah. his wife's titties be shown oh, or something. Yeah. Ain't, right. That ain't happening. Right. And so, yeah, so all that. But it is, um, oh my God. Well, okay. So they're having this dinner. This, you know, this romantic dinner. Right. The, there's a knock on the door and she's like, please don't let it be her. Uh, At this point, she is over Minnie. Oh, she's yeah. just like, this woman is a busybody. Yep. They're just going to be our neighbors. I got to make peace with it. But when the door, she's like, please don't let it be Minnie. It's Minnie. But he closes the door and he comes back and he's got the moose, the yeah, mouse. The mouse. And it's got the, it's got an, a chunky undertaste. You can just taste. It's got an undertaste. You can just taste that. <laughs> how, that mousse. how true is that? Yeah. Like, like you so can weird. just taste it. I was watching it today, mm-hmm. and I was I could literally taste it. Yeah. And he comes back in, and then you got to watch who's got which one he's got in his hand because. Yes. But he puts it down, and you notice he's that like hers has a cherry on top. Oh, uh, okay. She, right before she eats, there she takes go. the cherry off. It's like my diet it. coke at the at the restaurant with the lemon in it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how so you know exactly. So that's how you know. So, and it's funny because, you know, she doesn't like it. It's got the chalky undertaste. Yes. And so she, she fakes it, but she doesn't eat enough of it. Yes. And so she wakes, she's like half awake. Which they don't me, quite knock her all the way out. Yeah. Which makes me wonder. I mean, she only ate that much Just, and it yeah. kind of knocked her out pretty well. If she'd eaten that oh whole my goodness. thing, that's like OD territory. I'm serious. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. She's going to be yeah. waking up after like Columbus Day. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, and all like 87 pounds she of her. I mean, slept through the whole pregnancy. Maybe. Seriously. <laughs> but um, so she so she gets knocked out and she starts having these crazy dreams that we were talking about earlier yeah. with JFK and, and Jackie. Yeah. So when we do see the mattress with the floral print. Yes. I love an old school the mattress. Me too, the floral ticking, print. Ticking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it's in the cast of apartment, but the apartment is now empty. Yes. Is this her dream or did they clear it out? I, like, I thought about that too. Yeah, and, we're thinking about that. Because it's, you know, sometimes when you're having waking dreams, mm-hmm. have you ever had a dream where you're sleeping, but you're kind of awake, you know, maybe sleep paralysis kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And in the, as she's in the dream, as this is happening, there's the flames that are behind she can see that's right. that painting it's yeah. like what is it oh, like yeah. burning of st peter's mm-hmm. burning of, this is a famous painting and so in her mind i guess she animated down it. the hallway yes and, and the then right you also side. see um roman's father uh and there's a painting of him actually there uh-huh. he's got his hand like he's like a judge oh, he's got right, his hand right. but in in her dream he's alive he's like looking right. down and so i think she was incorporating parts of the dream, her dream state, but also mm-hmm. the actual physical surroundings where she's at. Yeah. So I actually thought about that too, you know, but then the fact that they were, she was, um, 
in a the boat. stairs. Yeah. So he said, you better go. What's the word? I'm even trying to think of uh, the yeah. Diego. Diego is the, the, the kid who was working the um, the elevator the at the elevator beginning, operator. but then he's also the guy steering the ship. That's the one that right. says you better go downstairs, yeah. you better go below. Below, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. So they are below in a boat, but where did that whole? Where did the whole nautical thing? Right, go? I can't, right. Am I missing something? That might have just been. I, do they say something about? Because then Hutch is like dressed like a sea captain, and mm-hmm. there's like a gale, and I can't quite, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess that we part. all just have dreams that were. Someplace really random, yeah, and maybe why I just can't it to be telegraph like this a is sailboat? A dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Well, I can't remember in the book if a boat is described in the book. Yeah, I can't remember either. I know. Well, okay, let's talk about it for a second. So she goes in. He lays her on the bed. She's wearing the blood red mm-hmm. out pantsuit, mm-hmm. and. The first that first shot of her is she's floating on the she's on the mattress that's floating on the sea. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's she felt like I'm in a boat floating mm-hmm. on the sea. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah it's a raft or whatever. So I think maybe that's what gets us to the water. Yeah. I love um, that cut where <sighs> you think that Mia's naked and then it just sort of cuts back and she's in a bathing suit. Yeah. Because she's like that's such a beautiful take. Yeah. yeah. And those titties are so beautiful mm-hmm. too. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. They did really cool things with the dream state being like a handheld camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he doesn't really use handheld in others, a lot of right, other shots. Right, right, so it right. kind of gave Differentiated this, yeah, it from, these, you know, weird close-ups and things like from that. From reality. Mm-hmm. And then the Pope at the end with the suitcase, yeah. <laughs> which the suitcase. is so, and, yeah. The little Pope suitcase. <laughs> I got bit by the mouse. Um, am I forgiven? Absolutely. Yeah. And then kiss my fisherman's ring, honey. Yes. And so, you know, yeah. And then also when she first goes under um, during that whole sequence after she's drugged, and then she's laying in the Sistine Chapel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and and then there and she's moving through the Sistine Chapel and then you see her go under, under the 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 shelves in the closet. Yeah, like she yep. incorporated all yep. of that imagery into and then yeah and then she goes under an archway in the Sistine Chapel and then and it turns into a closet. Yeah. So yeah, so it's all just so imaginative and mm-hmm. spooky. Where do they come up with this lovely. shit? That's what I mean. <laughs> What were these motherfuckers taking? Like, what kind of drugs? I love, though, you know, all of the Castavets and their friends, these uh, old people just standing there, just all nude. N- I know. And, yep. <laughs> and there's a guy in the back, and he's like, she's awake. Oh, that's, oh my God. And what she says to him. Yeah. Yeah. She no, can't. She see can't see nothing. If she ate the mouse. Mm-hmm. She's asleep. Not shut up and sing or whatever. Shut up and sing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So uh, good. And there's something so. Uh, there's something so scary about all of their friends that they're just so average looking. Yes. Like they're not <laughs> the type of people you would think would Satanist. be Satanists. No, and that's what's yep. even scarier. Yeah, yeah. Like totally. And you know what else is – let me tell you what else would freak me out in that movie. And it's one of those things that it's you don't really notice it. I mean you notice it but you don't mm-hmm. – is – at the end, when they, they all have the baby, okay, in the black bassinet with the mm-hmm. upside down crucifix and all that stuff, and and Rosemary finds her way in there, and she's and she's wearing the the blue robes mm-hmm. of, of the Virgin Mary, and she's got the huge knife in her hand, and she comes into the room, and there are all those odd people in the room. The, yeah, the Japanese businessman, the Japanese businessman <laughs> yep. with the camera, camera. clicking. Yeah. But there's the one guy. Who's what six seven wearing a white suit and he's like Spanish or yeah. something? Yeah, like that shit. He comes in late. That 
shit freaks yeah. me out. And he has gifts. And it's like, mm-hmm. he's like the three wise men yeah. coming to see Christ. Yes. No, but, but that, just that beauty is beautiful too. He's like beautiful, smooth yes. skin and very, yes. and is this the mother? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, that guy freaks me out, you know, yeah. because I remember my family, I'm from Fresno. Mexican family always talking about you know devils and Satan and all that kind of stuff, and when the when and my great my great grandmother Mary Martinez always told me, when the devil comes he's not going to look like the devil, honey. Yeah, he's going to be handsome. Mm-hmm. And they always tell the story about the the going to the to the the country dance and they're out and this one guy comes in who's so handsome and all the girls want to dance with him and everybody's dancing with him and then about halfway through the evening someone points down and screams. And he has chicken feet. Oh my god! See, that's it's the chicken foot <laughs> thing. But he's but his beauty. You see, mm-hmm. it's the one thing that he can't hide that Satan can't hide. But his beauty distracts, and that's what that guy rem- yeah. that guy reminded yeah. me of the chicken foot guy yeah. that I always imagined <laughs> in my head that Grandma Mary told me about. Absolutely. Yeah. So scary, and so it is the totally normal. And the other thing too, let's talk about Doctor Hill, Charles Grodin. Yes. Is he in on the shit? I, I mean, know. I think that Doctor Groden is just a man <laughs> in the sixties. I, you know, when he's she just comes like, she's in, hysterical. talking about Satanists, that he is going to call her husband, yeah, and like, pregnant okay. woman, bring yeah. her off to the loony bin. Because the the one thing, there's one clue that they drop with Doctor Hill, so that you can't really lump him in with Saperstein and the rest of the of the squad, mm-hmm. the Demon Squad, is that when he tells Rosemary. He calls to tell her that she's pregnant on the phone and he says, and she says, what's next? And he says, okay, well, I'm going to get you in, you know, for your next appointment. Um, and I want you to get Natalins mm. and Natalins are, uh, pregnancy vitamins and he's very, make sure you get the Natalins. He says it twice. Yeah. And I think that that's our clue because sure. Saperstein no. says, I don't want you to use these. I want you to take the, the Tannis root yep. uh, milkshake. And so I think that that's a clue to us that tells us that Hill is not with the Satanist. I think you are he's, correct. Yeah, he's using Scott. Yeah. Yep, I think you are correct in that he's just a, a, a man in the sixties who's like this little, little lady here is out of control and her husband need to come pick her up. Yeah. And I think, I think that's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the thing about so Hill Sa- is exonerated. Yes. Yes. But also the thing about Saperstein is that people are just like, okay, well he is a, an actual reputable doctor yes, in New York. Fancy. You know, Hutch's mm-hmm. daughters, that's went right. to him. And they keep talking about that. And then, uh, and when Rosemary goes to him, she said, oh, Elise Dunstan is the one who, who recommended me to you. Oh, mm-hmm. how is it, Elise? Like, it's, you hear that there are other people that go to these doctors, yeah. so that they're not just from out of nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, when they're, they're established. And even Dr. This, Hill says, Well, who, you know, who you've been seeing? And she says, Saperstein. Abe Saperstein? Abe Saperstein. He that's knows right. him too. That's he right. knows his reputation. That's right. So at that point, I think he's just like, This broad. Yeah. I think Where's your just, husband? I think she's just nuts. <laughs> but I think also that. That that is a, a, and also even just Roman Castavet himself, mm-hmm. it is telling us that these Satanists are placed in positions of great power, right? And are the people that you would least expect, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you realize, oh wow, like really, you know, powerful people in positions of influence mm-hmm. um, and respect are. 
Yeah. In bed with Lucifer. <laughs> and, you know, just all of his, like, crazy kind of stories about, like, name a place I've been Name there. a place oh, yeah. and I've been there. Yes, yes. And it's like, is is he, like, driven out of these towns? or? Does... Yeah, what is he going there yeah. for? That's the other thing. I, we need to read, like, more background on Minnie and Roman. Exa- yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. We should write something about <laughs> Their backstory. Write the backstory. Of Mi- I'm serious the now. The Blue Minnie and Roman miniseries. I'm Their origin not, story. I'm not even fucking around. <laughs> Seriously. It would be good. I would love to know where is Minnie Castavet from? Right. Because she acts, she's so broad. Mm-hmm. She acts kind of Midwestern. But then again, maybe New England too. There's, yeah. There's, you know, um, and of course, you know, Roman's from New York. Yeah. Uh, old school from New York. But that would be really interesting. I also love the fact that, you know, he's the, he's the leader because she actually screams at him through the wall. You know, you you shouldn't be the leader of anything, Roman. You should have never told these, you know. You should have never told her. Yeah. Up front, I told you that he is the leader of this powerful coven, mm-hmm. okay? And he's fucking henpecked to hell. He's such a <laughs> the carpet, the rug. He's such a clumsy. Like he's so henpecked. I love yeah. that. And I think yeah. it's Brand such new a carpet. Cool, and I think it's such a great um yeah. And also uh the Lipton's tea. Yeah. What's in it, Tannis Root? It's just plain old, plain old lip, lip, everyday lip drink. I love that shot, Ain't and I can tell it. that it's probably Ruth Gordon probably improv this when the knife when Mia yeah. drops the knife <laughs> yes. and it just like lands perfectly, and then she picks it up and just like and she like, rubs it, rubs yeah. it. Rubs it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That wood, I mean, it's just like wooden floor. Rosemary, you're not going to drop a knife on my nice exactly. wood floors. But it, it, I think those little details are the things that mm-hmm. they humanize. Yes, yeah. You know, yeah, these yeah, aren't yeah. like you know, like Satanists, like floating above the world you know i mean this is they exist in the material world right alongside of us which is terrifying yes again and they're also they're not satanists that are like cutting the baby out of rosemary or murdering anybody right, they're just right. like she's fine whatever we're gonna use her and then she's out yeah exactly and she, and she can be get, out and yeah. you can be out that's right we just want the kid we want the kid you know they're not this like i was thinking the whole time as i'm watching this you know the the scenes of of all the people in her dream and they're all they're all naked yeah you know and I'm thinking this is reminding me of Hereditary right and that's a cult you know yeah. story and there's a bunch of naked senior citizens in that movie yeah and those people are really naked Jeez. in this movie it's just it's just expertly cut yeah, and you shadows really see it's very shadowed yeah. yes um so I'm thinking well this was made today all those old people all those extras would have to be butt ass naked on this set oh, yeah. in front of all these people and Jesus and everything. <laughs> and then I'm thinking about this final scene with Rosemary and this huge kitchen knife yes. walking in and that's her baby that she just carried yes. in this bassinet and all these people are just standing there staring at her. And I'm thinking if Rob Zombie got his hands on this movie, oh, come on. would oh, yeah. she just be slicing everybody's neck yes. on her way to this baby? <laughs> totally. Roman walks up to her and she's yeah. just like, boom. Yep. Slice and dice. Totally. <laughs> you know, and to make it to this kid. But she doesn't touch anyone. And she could easily murder half the people yeah, in this room. Totally mm-hmm. But you that know? restraint is yeah. really what's also very adds to the suspense yeah. and the terror of this. I mean, let's talk about a small gesture in this film that's mm-hmm. terrifying, which is the one where she's hiding inside of oh. and she's she's running and she's got her robe on and she's got her knife and she knocks the bassinet yep. and it's moving and you see that hand her hand reach across the hallway 
mm-hmm. and stop the bassinet with the tip of the knife. Yeah. That gesture is terrifying. Yeah. So small. It's a crazy so visual. Yes. It's mm-hmm. just terrifying it's because metaphorical, he's, he's like, in the apartment. Yes. You know, it's yes, like yes. they do some really fun stuff because the apartments are connected yes. and listening through the walls and all mm-hmm. of that. And Scott mentioned there's, there's a shot. When I think it's around the scene. Is that the one where they're all walking, walking yep. behind her? And you see suits. them like creeping yeah. past. <laughs> they're literally like creeping yeah. past. That's so scary. So freaky. It is. It's yeah. so suspenseful yeah. and terrifying. And you know, and she's all alone. I mean, yeah. she mm-hmm. is. You know, from the time that she realizes what has happened, she is, and that's also terrifying. Yeah. You know, because at first you're like, mm-hmm. is she like? Is she what Dr. Hill believes she is? Is she just paranoid and crazy? Yeah, and I think that's what's really great about the direction is that there is a read of this movie until the last 20 minutes that Rosemary very well could be crazy. She could just be crazy. Yep, and making up all of this in her head that everyone's out to get her. Well, I do love the party that they have after after the new year yeah and you know when her friends get there and they're just like dude you look like hell yes and then when she breaks down in front of them and yes they're like no you can't come in we're talking Such to her girl girl time. girl time girl time girl talk yeah and they're just like this is wrong your doctor needs to address you've been in pain for three months yeah november it's yeah. it's like Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. you mm-hmm. need to yes. like yes we need to figure this shit out you yes know? that is a great and it's scene. like Yes, she has her friends, but that's the first and last time we see them. Yes. The whole time. So. She has been isolated. Well, yeah. that's the whole thing. I mean, if you if you go through this movie and watch it, you see how many times she has been manipulated. Unno- she doesn't know. Yeah. You know, like when she goes to meet Hutch at the time, Life Building at 11 o'clock. You know, when <laughs> Guy brings her the phone for her to talk, she talks to Hutch the night before. He says, well, what's going on? Oh, well, Hutch wants me to meet him. Where? What time? Yeah. So she knows. So there is so many Minnie. knows. So Minnie's yep. there. So there. She's she's constantly being thwarted. She's constantly being, you know. I mean, gaslit, gaslit the <laughs> yeah. whole time. Mm-hmm. And but then that scene that you just talked about, where they're in the kitchen with the girlfriends, mm-hmm. and you see guy pressed up against that door in the butts, butler's pantry, trying to get in, and they're like, nope, and they lock him out. Yeah. Because he is there to. He's like. He's like. Um like riding herd. He is like yeah. the one that is mm-hmm. keeping, he wants to know who's saying what to her. He's trying to keep her from um, hearing anything that she's not supposed to hear from being empowered yeah. at all. And you know, that's, that's horrific. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's actually horrific. Well, you know, it goes even back to the scene where they do, you know, drug her and yes. And they make the baby and all of that. And she, she gets up in the morning and she has the scratches oh on my her. God. Yeah. And he's just like, well, it it was baby night. It was baby. It was baby like, night when I was knocked out. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, it was kind of fun in yeah. a necrophiliac sort of way, and it's like and that, and it's moments like that, and there are moments also just when he's slapping her ass, get up, yeah, right yeah. before that, <laughs> and get up, make my breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's it puts you back. Oh yeah, this is 1966. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this is a different time. Yeah. Women have very little power. Yeah, you know, it's like I noticed when she's down in the basement with. Um, Terry Genofrio. Mm-hmm. Terry Genofrio doesn't ask her, "What do you do?" or you know, what, tell me about. It. She says, "What does your husband what does your do?" Your husband, yeah, do? yeah. and yeah. that is also of that time. Yeah. It's like you know, women were just relegated to you were just a housewife. That, yeah. That's what you were, and you're uh, okay. You know, I'm going to have my babies and take care of my house, and you know, pour my fabric softener in the washing machine out in the basement. Yeah, at the Bramford. <laughs> um, 
And so it, when you, you know, you, this movie, you you just want to watch it a million different times with, with a million different set of eyes and look for different. I mean, sometimes I watch this movie just to see what her fucking dishes are. This, (laughs) which by the way, I know what they are. I tracked them down. They are Franciscan ware. um, Harvest gold is what they're love it beautiful look them up also just like the wallpaper that rosemary puts up it just like the best the the amount of yellow in their in their apartment you know that the the colors are i mean the color palette is very specific right her clothing if you'll notice watch it again all of her clothing is pastel yes sure it's all the everything the kitchen's yellow Mm -hmm. the nursery's yellow her bedroom is yellow this is a color of youth of light, of innocence, of naivete. Right. And so all that is built right into the set. I mean, down to her dishes. Her yeah. dishes are have are yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, they are it's har it's harvest gold is what <laughs> I it love is. That. Um Franciscan where they're beautiful. I've I've stocked them. <laughs> we were talking about when uh we first see the apartment when it's being shown to them. Yes. And it's Mrs. Gardenia's, Mrs. Gardenia's house. It's a little darker. It's a little dark. Yeah. It's, it's still beautiful. It's I would love to live me in too, it that as living that. Room. Oh, me too. But then as they get everything out, then it's empty and then they start painting it. Yes. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of just white walls. Yeah. But it brightens up Isn't that. it crazy? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it, it makes, makes it, it a completely different completely apartment. Completely different apartment. Yeah. Yeah, but I did love Mrs. Gardenia's Because yeah. that was like old Victorian mm-hmm. lady, you know, mm-hmm. and just that, that world doesn't even exist anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's almost like in redoing all of that, Polanski is erasing the old yes. world. And this mm-hmm, is yeah. welcome to year one, 1966. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a part of that too. Um, but God, I love that apartment so. <laughs> I love Minnie just like poking her head on this apartment. How much? Is, like, how much you pay for a chair like that? Pay, and by the way, two hundred like bucks. Two hundred bucks for a chair yeah. is like in nineteen sixty six. That was expensive. Yeah, that's, we were just talking about that last night. I was like, I think chairs like that at IKEA go for about two hundred now. I know. So <laughs> I was like, that's pretty. Ex- that's. Yeah. Weird. But I love oh my God her furniture and her co- and her colors that she chose. That it's like avocado green mm-hmm. and like harvest gold mm-hmm. inside of that in her living room. Yeah. Oh, and her little dinette set with oh my beautiful mid-century oh, yeah God. well i love too that minnie's like oh you put you put a table and chairs in the kitchen like yes. wow, that's How great like that? yeah. i saw that and i saw it in a magazine yeah <laughs> and so yeah it's oh god it's so good yeah yep and and so um you know i i did look up and find the uh the the apartment layout, like the blueprint mm-hmm. layout, and I've studied this thing from top to bottom. There are so many rooms in this. Yeah. There are so many rooms. You brought us a copy of it. Yeah. Yep, and and it's so weird because there are places that don't really get in the shots. Right. Like if you go into mm-hmm. their bathroom, so it's between what would be the baby's nursery with the the TV room in the beginning, and then mm-hmm. their bedroom. There's that space in there, and it's the bathroom. Yeah. But is the Where's which side is the shower or the bathtub on? You see the toilet because remember when they first came in, it was still Miss Gardenia's place, right? And they walk through uh, through that room into the into the bedroom, and Guy leans over and flushes the toilet to sure. see the, about the water pressure, oh, right. which I okay. love. So such a wonderful, yeah. such a wonderful little detail. But where in there it it says the bathtub is like if you're le- if you're going from the nursery slash TV mm-hmm. room into their bedroom on there. I think it says that the, t- that, that the, the bathtub is on the right. Right. Yeah. But I, but in the shots where in the morning after the, the, the Satan rape, mm-hmm. um, 
you can kind of see because guy's standing in the doorway and you can kind of see to his right, which would be where the bathtub's at. But it looks almost like there's drawers over there. Oh, uh, okay. It's weird. So I don't know if they just tried to guess. Right. Because yeah. this right here was made. There's a, a guy online who does these. He does, you know, the Golden Girls. Um, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, Bewitched. So, because there yeah. are corners of these houses that we've, you know, we've seen these houses all of our lives, every day, and but there's corners that you never really kind of know what is there. Yeah, you What's never quite, them? you never quite go down the hallway in the Golden Girls house. Yes, and you enter the room. You wouldn't have seen that shot. Yes, and so well, and we were talking about you know I love Lucy. Like little Ricky has a nursery. Like where is it? I want it. Is it like it? Is it the size of a walk-in closet? You know, yeah, in, the, in the Ricardo's apartment. <laughs> and, and so I don't know. But anyway, and so we found this online, and so of course I've studied it. Like I like I'm going to have a goddamn test on it. Um, <laughs> I I love that stuff though. I could oh, I could too. study floor plans and maps and things like that all, all day long, and it seems like this has a a real world application where something like the golden girls house is impossible to recreate it's impossible it actually <laughs> yeah. three, in three dimensions you couldn't do, well yeah. same yeah brady bunch same yeah. thing we talked about frazier like, that apartment is like it makes no a sense. weird w shape you yeah. know but this looks like it could be a floor plan of an apartment and especially in some place like uh the the dakota or the oh, yeah. where yep. these this would have been subdivided from the Castavets. Yeah, it would have been. What did these you know, the guys say at the beginning? It was a ten subdivided, broken down to a four and a seven or whatever. How, yeah. And so, yeah, that's what they did. So it's so it's really really interesting. And the other thing too is that you know we grew up in the living rooms of so many of these films mm-hmm. and television series in particular that to look to see a rendering of yeah. the floor plan. There's something so comforting about it, <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. like yeah. I think about like the Petrie's house, you know, on, yeah. and, and, um, the Dick, Dick Van Dyke, Van Dyke. show mm-hmm. yeah. and the Brady bunch and mm-hmm. bewitched. And it's just, uh, it gives me a great sense of comfort and security. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny. How pathetic are we? We're just, I pathetic. mean, I don't care. I was I telling, care. I was telling Pete yesterday that Rosemary and guys house kind of reminds me of, the duplex that we are recording this episode in. <laughs> yes. We live in an old house in Pasadena that was probably built in the, I would say probably the 20s or the 30s. Yeah. And they subdivided it into apartments and we have a closed off stairway. Yeah. We have a closed off stairway and we mm-hmm. also have a tiny Coraline door in our kitchen. Yep. That is about two feet tall what? and it leads into the crawl space above the awning over the surface porch downstairs okay you after we are done with this you guys oh, I'm, I mean, I'm going in yeah, there. you guys are gonna be... push my fat ass you're pushing my fat ass like winnie winnie the pooh through that damn door so i can see what's in there i mean it would be prime real estate for satanists that just want a cute little house in pasadena and, Is it... yeah and the whole thing of every closet in on this floor is a walk-in yep. closet. It's a walk-in and closet. So the rooms are built with like almost a weird crawl space in between. So behind me, there's a walk-in closet there, and then in the bedroom, the walk-in closet's here, and so they're right next to each That's other. So, so this space, there's something here. There's some, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. Oh weird. yeah, that's right. There is. <laughs> Okay, that's I mean, our closet there. goes out in a little bit, but not the entire way. Yep. It's it doesn't make sense. I know it's in that space. A dead body. <laughs> I know it's in that space. Mrs. Gardenia's vacuum cleaner. Is that, in that uh, space. Yep. Why would she close in a vacuum? Why cleaners? would she close up a vacuum? And cleaner? her towels. Exactly. <laughs> what is the um? 
every time someone asks or every time they say that guy is an actor and someone asks, what have I seen him in? What does she say? She, she says, says he, was, he did Luther, Luther and nobody loves an, an albatross. albatross. <laughs> and he's done lots of TV, TV and, commercials. and commercials. Exactly. And that, Luther is and the that one. little Mia Farrow voice. Yeah. That little tiny mm-hmm. yeah, Mia Farrow voice. That almost sometimes it <laughs> shifts as you're watching the film. Sometimes she almost is talking like she has an almost a British accent. Mm-hmm. Um she gets a little Audrey Hepburn in there she sometimes. Does. She actually I mean, does. do you think that was just nobody loves Mia was just sort of classically trained in Hollywood that yeah. this is how you're supposed to talk? Um, no, I was just getting ready yeah. to say yep. I think she was raised around actors like and mm-hmm. classical actors mm-hmm. and she was taught – she learned diction at an early age yeah. and I think that it comes back. Mid-Atlantic Yes. Diction. And so you hear, it, you hear it come out in this film every so mm-hmm. often. But um, – yeah, I love though that like is Luther a real play? Because but then they also refer they to reference like, Albert Finney. Albert, are you was, understudying Albert, Albert Finney? Finney like, yeah. All this, it's so interesting how I, it's and like, even Roman remembers so Guy when he was his understudy. Or does he? Is yeah, just like, or does he? Or is mm-hmm. it just a grift? Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, who who knows? But he knows the thing is that I mean they are grifters, right? You know, and they, they be, yeah. of course you have to be. Uh, you're you know you're in the business of people selling you their souls. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so he knows how to get to this guy. He's an actor. He's vain, and yeah. he's going to appeal to that in him. And that's how he's going to get to him to get this the the, the baby. I mean, is, it's yeah. because that's when guy perks up. You know, oh when they're God. they're having the dinner and the the steak is tough yep. and the vodka blush is weird and all that. But then when he says, "Oh, you did this gesture," yes, and yep. immediately that I thought what of it was yeah. when he goes down. That's and when he that's when he hooked him right yeah. there. You got it exactly yeah. right. Can so that's you just like, can you just taste those vodka blushes? Oh, I <laughs> when, could. When Minnie what hands is, her the glass, what is and it that it makes is it filled to the brim? Yes, it's I'm going to look up a vodka, vodka blush. My because... guess is it's probably vodka, and the blush is probably like ro- some rosé, like a touch sure. of rosé or something. Sure, that would be delicious. You know, I, I think I, that it, I think that it that. tastes a little more bitter. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe there's some bitters actually in it. I don't even know. But um, but I want I what I do want is a piece of that damn cake that she was serving. Yeah, right. Cherries mm-hmm. on and shit. And she's, uh, the way she's eating it makes me laugh so hard. And then she serves guy his piece with a fork that she's been eating with yeah she literally she's shoveling it in her face and then she goes you like this you want another piece and then picks up his piece hoists it over there with the fork that she just had in her mouth oh my goodness we, we kept wondering if like what if we had Minnie living downstairs like would i be all about her or would i would just be so goddamn annoyed be immediately annoyed with this woman you never i know i don't know people like us we always romanticize stuff yeah like, it would be so fabulous to have like you know mod from harold and mod <laughs> mini cast of it from resume but would you actually be annoyed be like get the yeah. fuck out of yeah, my apartment i think at first for a couple bitch. of weeks you'd be like oh she's the best and then and then you'd be like yeah then when she starts opening our mail and <laughs> i know i know i mean i guess that we would just be like their homosexual friends that they rope into being satanist <laughs> <laughs> because they just want to fully round out you want to get group. some diverse coven yeah exactly that's hilarious. okay so this recipe just says dash of grenadine and lime juice <gasps> Okay, so okay. it's vodka. Oh, so the gr- yeah. so the so the pink comes from the grenadine, mm-hmm. not from like rosé. Yeah. So vodka blushes. That actually sounds kind of good. Vodka, gr- dash of grenadine, dash of lime juice, and a sprig of rosemary for garnish. <gasps> See, how about that? We should make some <laughs> sprig of rosemary. 
We should make some. Well, my sister's having a Halloween party. I'll tell her to serve those. That's actually good. <laughs> tell her it's from Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, yeah. It's totally thematic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, I love this movie so much, So guys. good. I mean... So, just kind of how this movie wraps up is that there is something about when Roman is saying, you know, you could still be his mother. You could still be the little thing's mother. You can still... You don't have to join. Yeah, but join. doesn't he need a mother? And then when you're watching it, you're like, you know, I kind of get why <laughs> Rosemary just sort of like, is just like, what the fuck? Here's the thing. As a mother, <laughs> as a mother myself, I will tell you right now, if I gave birth <laughs> to the Antichrist, okay? Antichrist grew inside my body. Thank I baby. ate raw liver for him. Um. I would mother him. Yeah. I have to tell you, yeah, that's yeah. still my baby. Mm-hmm. I would have to. So I get it. When she looks at him and her face softens. Yeah. And you go, that's it. She's yeah. in love. And she's just like, I th- well, I guess he's kind of cute. I think he's she's, she, everything yeah. is going through her head at once, you know, and she's having these thoughts of like, okay, I can. And, you know, just when you, when you have those moments of you just start planning things that may never happen or fights with someone that you may never get into or, yeah, you know, yep, yep. she's having one of those moments and it, and it could be a just of like, okay, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll have him and then I'll, I'll, I'll have him and maybe I can take him away. Yes. Maybe I can take him away. Yes. And, and leave them and yep. get him out of it. You know, mm-hmm. you just figure all this stuff out in your head in, right, right, in, right. in seconds. Right. And she's just like, okay, I'll do it. I'll yes. do it so that I can take him and then, and then we'll leave. Yep. And we'll but, get, we'll be out. We'll get out somehow. Yep. And that's probably, mm-hmm. but ultimately that's her baby and yeah. that, and she's in, and you see the one shot where she looks at his face, she pulls it back mm-hmm. and she looks at his face and you see her fall in love with him. And that's yeah. how it is. That's yeah. exactly how it is. And ain't nothing going to break that bond. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Um, so, yeah, I. she went on to mother him. That's yeah. what I say. Do we want to talk a little bit about, <laughs> look, what's happened to Rosemary's Baby starring uh, Patty Duke? Patty Duke. And also Ruth Gordon. Have you watched any of I it? Have, I have not watched we it. We watched a little bit of it last night. And that's all you can five handle? It is of it. pretty yeah. terrible. Oh, my God. But. Yeah. Like the synopsis for the TV movie sequel starring Tina Louise from Gilligan's Island. Oh, Jesus Christ! Is kind of insane. Is kind of insane. Having been adopted by the by the madam of a southwestern brothel, a now adult Adrian must cope with the fact that he's Satan's kid and not living up to his expectations. <laughs> not living up to Satan's expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh so he gets taken God. away from Patty Duke at some point because what we saw, he was still with her. Well, I think that she takes him and leaves. Okay, like I said, mm-hmm. see, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I, I've never seen this. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know see. if I want to sully 1976. my. Don't do it. I don't want to sully do my, it. my yeah. sully my love. Don't do it. But yeah, I mean, Tina, Tina Louise, and Donna Mills. Oh jeez! Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, that's kind of a that's kind of a demonic duo. The, I, say. <laughs> the, I mean, who was making TV movies in the late seventies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they got they got Ruth Gordon back. And, and so was Ruth. What part was was Ruth Gordon playing? Mini she's Mini. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, it is directed by the editor of Rosemary's Baby. It's directed by Sam Osteen. Okay. How do you like that? How do you like that? So Minnie Castavette shows up in this sequel, but is she Minnie? We you, only saw you couldn't bear the first anymore. 10 minutes. You just couldn't bear it And I think it's like Rosemary saying, I'm out. 
Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's very interesting because in the, you know, there's an opening credit sequence and it's just the camera floating up the stairs in this mansion. Yeah. And there's voiceover and the voiceover is Roman and, uh, and Rosemary. And it's the last lines of the movie mm-hmm. okay. of him saying, stay and be his mother, be his mother. And she's screaming and all this stuff. And then what is very clearly Ruth Gordon saying Laura Louise's line yeah. of mother or not will or milk or not. We'll, we'll kill you. We'll kill you. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, she didn't say that. She didn't say that. <laughs> Laura Louise said that. Yeah. And it's very obviously Ruth Gordon saying Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna. I may have to just take some. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, the whole thing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I may just. I may need to just do like you guys did, like ten minutes, just to get Mm -hmm. wet my beak just a little bit. And it's Patty Duke, and she's got like a bob, and just I don't know what's going on with his hair. It just isn't. It's not. It looks like a lot. Yeah. So I mean, this movie did sort of kind of start the wave of the satanic panic movies. Yeah. Of the 1970s, The Exorcist, 1972, right? Exorcist. Er, well, Exorcist, like early 70s. Yes. The Omen. The Omen. By yeah. the way, which, oh, God. <laughs> love The Omen. I love The Omen. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the, I love that movie so, I I loved it so much. I know the, I know by heart the satanic rhyme. Oh, my goodness. When the Jews yeah. return to Zion. <laughs> That one in the comet rips the sky and wow. the holy Roman Empire. I put on, I broke out our Blu-ray set because we have a like a Best Buy pack of all of the Omen movies. All the Omen sequels. And I just take out the first disc, it says the Omen, put it in our Blu-ray player, the 2006 remake. And I was too lazy to get up and it's the change same thing, it. Though, right? That it's I'm just like, thing. I guess I'll just fucking watch the remake. Yeah, isn't it? But isn't it's, it exactly the same? It's pretty much the same thing. I, I, I watched that and I was like, this is... Like yeah. almost verbatim. But, but guess who shows up as the evil Mia Farrow? Is Mia Farrow? She's, she's the evil man. She's, yeah, she's Mrs. Baylock. Mrs. Ba- Mrs. Baylock. Ba- Blaylock. 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 Yeah, Blaylock. yeah. The, in the remake. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Isn't that interesting. It's so good. But <laughs> I do. I love casting. the Omen. I think the Omen was fantastic. And it's interesting yeah. that the Omen got all of these sequels. I mean, obviously, like the TV movie is like. Sort of its own thing, yeah. But there was never a major Hollywood follow-up to Rose for Rosemary's Baby. Because Exorcist and Omen both got, had a series mm-hmm. of varying quality <laughs> sequels. Hey, Exorcist three kind of Exorcist three kind of rocks. I don't know about Exorcist three. <laughs> Exorcist three was he was like he's all grown up and Exorcist three is with George C. Scott. George C. Scott. And I, I saw that guy. And he's one of the he's one of the cops that's like on the scene at the end of the movie. Right. It doesn't even have Reagan. Yeah, it doesn't even have Reagan. She's only in the second It's one. sort of it's weird it's like a weird standalone movie. Yeah. And it has one of the scariest jump scares I think I've ever seen in a horror movie. <sighs> I think it's better that Rosemary's Baby does not have a, a series of mm-hmm. of crappy sequels. And, and it's good that most people don't even know about and what is it called? Whatever happened to Rosemary's Baby? That's so lame. That's so lame. Uh, look what's happened to Rosemary's look, Baby. Look what's happened. Not even whatever happened. Mm. Look what's look what's happened. Oh man, it's so apt. And yeah. also, like Rosemary's Baby was a huge hit when it came out. Yeah. It's like movies made money, but like movies like The Sound of Music, yeah. made money, and Rosemary's Baby made that type of cash. Yes, I think like I was looking up. 
the inflation, like the inflation of the box office mm-hmm. of, of Rosemary's Baby, yeah. it made around thirty-five million dollars in nineteen sixty-eight, and I did the inflation math. $250 million. Yeah, see, I mean... And- like, the most successful horror movie that had ever been made at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, you watch it and you can see why. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... It, first of all, it's... It, like I said earlier, it's it's a, it's a it's so many different films and you can mm. watch it on so many different mm-hmm. levels. There are people who love it as a horror film and then there are people, you know, who love it as a, a, an art direction and yeah. style and wardrobe film and then there are people who just love it as a great motherfucking film. Yeah. And, like, it's... It is my absolute favorite. It's runtime always impresses me that it never feels like it's two hours and 15 minutes. No, it's it does not feel long. Not at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At all. Not at all. It's how long is it? I think it's it's over two hours. See it. Yeah. Two hours and seventeen minutes. Wow. That's crazy. No, it doesn't moves. feel like that at all. No, it's just so beautifully done. Yeah. You know, it's beautifully edited. Mm-hmm. Except for that one weird shot with that. <laughs> you guys have to watch yeah, <laughs> we'll that weird it. shot with the, it's at the, right at the very end of that scene with where they're devouring the body of Ugh. Christ. <laughs> um but yeah, no, it's a weird shot. But it's it's just everything about it. I, it's like flawless. I can't mm-hmm. even think of anything. Yeah, it's a pretty perfect movie. And I get for listeners that Roman Polanski is a very problematic person. Absolutely. That he's yeah. very difficult to talk about. Yeah. And kind of I, – you do have to separate the art from artists with something like this. You absolutely. That it's just yeah. like – I don't know. It's like there's too much things going on in your brain that you do have to turn <laughs> certain things off. Yeah. About the individual that made it. I agree. And, you know, and, and there can be other times and other podcasts where, you know, where Polanski's problematicity, <laughs> um, you know, can be addressed, um, you know, for whatever else he is. Um, he's a magnificent director. Yeah, I mean, yeah. nobody was making movies like him at that time in the 60s. That well, it was something very new. Yes. I think the other thing too is that this is this is pre-blockbuster movie as we know them. Yeah. You know, yes. this is pre-jaws obviously. Yes. So this is not something that the the movie industry and, and movie studios worked so differently than they do today. You know, it was just, you know, right after, you know, the old Hollywood system had broken up. So it's, it's still very much an old Hollywood time. Yes. So for one movie to make this much money and to be played for as long as it played in theaters, I think this one played in theaters for a long time, you know, was a huge deal. Um, I didn't know, uh, I probably knew it just offhandedly, but as I was doing research last night, you know, Ruth Gordon famously won an Academy Award yes, for this she movie. she did. Deservedly. Most mm-hmm. deservedly Most so. deservedly. And I think, you know, uh, one of the things that Robert Evans was kind of telling Mia Farrow when she had all these difficulties with, my husband doesn't want me to make this movie, yep. blah, blah, blah. Should I stay? Should I leave? And he's telling her, you're going to get an Academy Award for this yeah, movie. Yeah, he told her. He- and she wasn't even nominated. Yeah, wow. Mia Farrow has never what? been nominated for an Oscar. But it's really? like, no, is that a deliberate snub? And it's like you could make the argument: well, it's a genre movie, it's a horror movie. They didn't nominate those things. But Ruth Gordon but got Ruth Gordon. it. She won. It, it got another nomination. What? What else did he get? For nominated? something for else. screenplay? Um, was it for I think screenplay? Screenplay. Yeah, adapted screenplay. Hold yeah. up, I want to look at this Oscar year. So, and yeah. I believe this is the Oscar Best Actress tie. Year. Oh, that would have Geraldine Page or something. No, or it's it? it's Barbara, Barbara Streisand and, and Catherine Hepburn. Was that sixty nine Oscars? Winter? Yeah, the Lion in Winter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I yeah, mean, it's the. I it's mean that year. To be fair, I mean, Best Actress did look pretty stacked that year, but I mean, could you have gotten rid of who else? Patricia Neal or Vanessa Redgrave and subbed in Mia Farrow? I think so. Yeah. I think so too. So yeah, that's how he, that's cause yeah. Cause she asked him to get out of the contract. Right. She asked Polanski after, after Frank Sinatra served her with divorce papers on set, which is so <laughs> fucking petty. Um, yep. And she, and she asked Polanski to let, let her out of the contract mm-hmm. and that's, he, they showed her an hour of the film that okay. they had cut together so yeah. far. And they said, you're, he said, you're brilliant and you're going to get nominated. Yeah. And of course she did not. Wow. So Yeah. It's, and it's like obviously today this this type of performance would would be recognized. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, there's also the talk about the curse of Rosemary's right. Baby. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is the. Um, I mean, what the, happened? The Manson murders followed. I mean, a year and a half after the release of this yeah. movie. Yep. So Polanski's wife was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, up on Cielo Drive. The uh, Omen was a very troubled production that had a lot of bizarre and dangerous things go on in it. Well, The Omen and The Exorcist both had mm-hmm. have their own legends of their being cursed projects. Yes. Well, also, what happened with Rosemary's Baby was, before, while they were, they were in post-production, mm-hmm. the film wasn't even out yet, uh, Christoph Kometa, who did the music, la, 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 Such a beautiful la, score. La, la, so beautiful. And he was like a really interesting person and um, uh, did a lot of really progressive, interesting music that mm-hmm. is recognized now, actually. Um, he was with some other guy who worked in the industry, his best friend, and they were up in the Hollywood Hills. And this was, like I said, post-production. And they were drunk or high or whatever and fucking around. And his friend shoved him off a cliff. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Like they were, you know, they think they think it was not on purpose. I think it was just drunk and high uh. hijinks, you know. And he hit his head and um, had a brain injury. Oh, wow. That he never recovered from. Um, his wife actually, they sent him, they shipped him back to Europe where he was from and um, in I a coma. I didn't know okay. this at all. Wow. Yes. And he died. And he wow. died before the film came out. And I think he was young, 35 or something. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So that was another thing to think I mean, probably him. one of those composers that, had he lived, would have gone on to absolutely win yeah. like five Oscars and be like a, he like a he superstar. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wow. would have. I mean, if you listen to whatever work, you know, that he did have in his body of work mm-hmm. before he passed away. It's all very experimental and interesting and atmospheric. And I think he was really far ahead of his time. Yeah. But yes, he, yes, he did die. Wow. Also. So were there any other, uh, curse, uh, stories from this movie? Um, or are those, uh, those are the big ones. Think those I, are good ones. Those are good ones. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I think that was, that's the only one that okay. that's the only other one that I know of. Um, okay, so Mia was also uh, was nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Actress. Oh, she was. Yes, Ruth Gordon was nominated as well and won. And she won so the Golden Globe. Ruth Gordon won the Golden Globe and, and the, the Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, and Mia Farrow was nominated for the BAFTA. For Best Actress. Wow. Nomination only. She didn't win that either. Yeah, Mia Farrow has like three BAFTA nominations so, and she never got an Oscar yeah. nomination. So it got it got it got recognized. So she she's never even had a nomination? No, I mean That's I'm crazy. surprised that she never got in for like Hannah and her like, sisters yeah. or Alice or anything. Yeah. 
Very interesting. I mean, it is also kind of unfortunate. I mean, Woody. I mean, that's its own yes. discussion yes. episode of just yeah. discussing Woody Allen. Yeah. But it does kind of suck that her career was just kind of tied to Woody Allen yes, for for yeah. a long time. The majority of the eighties and. I mean, I guess that she had separated from him by the 90s. But yeah. But I mean, she pretty much just made movies exclusively with him. Yes. Um, You know, she's just – there's a part of her that strikes me as she's like a woman of her time. Mm -hmm. Well, I I remember in that HBO documentary that came out last year, she did talk about that Woody would almost brainwash her to think no one's going to hire you. Like you're over the age of 40. No one's going to want to work with you. So I'll just write, I'll just write you roles. Yes. I kind of think, think that's what he was saying. I, I, I absolutely expect that to be true. You know, um, Ugh, that's so awful. Good. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But like we said, Ruth Gordon got an Academy Award for this movie at 70 years old. Just un- – I her- think she has a cute acceptance speech too. Yes. You have to look up her acceptance yeah. okay. speech on YouTube because it's marvelous. And it's she's such a funny person, such yeah. a funny – like – you know, she always plays these like dowdy and loud and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, and she's from Quincy, Massachusetts and she is, you know, but she was actually very elegant. Well, yeah. very elegant Mia talks woman. about that on the Criterion that she had known Ruth for a few years prior to the movie and she just kind of expected like she's a lot of fun. Like we're going to have a blast on set. We're going to be playing like ping pong with each other. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it'll just sort of lighten the mood of this very dark story and when ruth came to set like she did not come there to play like she she's all, she like knew said, her lines she, she knew work. her blocking she, she came to work business. yep she was and she a took pro. it very very yeah. seriously she's a pro and she was she she was like she was like new york entertainment yeah. royalty i mean yeah. seriously if you read any of her the biographies or autobiographies which she's written a couple um where she talks about she was married to garson canaan i mean it's she has had such she's known everyone yeah mm-hmm. and everyone loved her she was like the ultimate consummate hostess yeah you know elegant and sophisticated and smart and funny and generous and i mean uh, she's just that is goddess right yeah. there yeah. seriously i don't have any tattoos but if i ever get one <laughs> i'm getting ruth gordon right on my bicep that, that would be amazing yeah i'm um, a whole sleeve of ruth ooh, wouldn't that be wonderful mm-hmm. Some uh, get some Harold and Maude in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's been a while since I've revisited Harold and Maude. I, I used to love that movie when I was in high school. Yeah, it's um, it's beautiful. Like just to even watch it, it's, yes. it's beautifully shot yeah. and stuff. It's um, you feel a little bit different about it as you get older. Okay, you know, like I watch it and. To me, it's so funny because, you know, you see it as a teenager or whatever, and it's like, yeah, and you relate to Harold. Right. You know, and then you hit a certain age and you go, wait a minute, uh, I'm not Harold anymore. I'm Maud. I'm Maud. I'm Maud living in the caboose. I'm Maud living in the caboose. You know, yeah, exactly. And um, you just, it's like you kind of grow. Like, I remember I read something a long time ago. I have I have kids. I have daughters. And mm-hmm. they were little when the, the Little Mermaid was out. And, you know. There was a time I remember when I used to watch like Disney movies and I would be the princess. That was mm-hmm. me. I was the princess and that's who I related to. And then one day I remember I was watching The Little Mermaid with my daughter and all of a sudden I realized I'm not <laughs> I'm not Ariel anymore. Now I'm King Triton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like the parent that's shepherding yeah. this. And you and you grow through you know 
different levels in these films. And so, so I don't relate to Harold anymore sure. like I did when I was a teenager. And mm-hmm. I thought that was so fantastic and so, you know, romanticized mm-hmm. and, you know, um, uh, now I'm Maud and wearing my <laughs> little old cardigan and living a co- in a caboose and just, you know. I don't know if I'm Maud or like the, like the Shakespearean actress that he goes on a date with. Oh my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god! I love that scene. Yeah, oh, or what about yeah. his mother? Just, just mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Harold. Something else. Yes, I I remember when I had that realization that I was like, oh, I get it. Wes Anderson really wants to be Hal Ashby. Oh God, yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now I get it. <laughs> I get it. and I've been reading a lot of lot of. <laughs> Everybody, all of a sudden, everybody hates Wes Anderson. What's right? Up yeah. With that? Yeah. Not a lot of people are talking about this new movie. Everybody's just like, all of a sudden, like, oh, I hate Wes. And I'm like, oh, Royal Tenenbaum. I know. It's like, it's still great. I, like, I love Royal Tenenbaum. Yeah. I will always Same. love Royal Tenenbaums. We did a Same. revisit of the Royal Tenenbaums during quarantine. Oh, did you? Yeah. It great. holds up. Holds it's up great. great. Okay. Such great performances. Okay, well, I'm going to have to listen to that one because yeah. it, that, that movie. <sighs> Ethylene, ethylene, oh and, and I just, you know, it's just, it's so Those beautiful. two together are so great. I know. I know. So, I know. Yeah. I know. Um, but he's, he's retiring and everybody's retiring. All these, these great actors from the past are, you know, like I heard Michael Caine was saying he's done now too. And yeah. Yeah. Gene Hackman said he's having a hard time with lines. Okay. He's like, I'm just having a difficult well, time. I don't think Gene Hackman's worked. He's retired. I don't think yeah, he's worked like for totally almost retired. twenty years, yeah. though. He's yeah. He's like I think a he retired shortly after the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. and so, um, my 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 favorite line in the movie is when he's talking to the two little boys, his grandsons. Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm so sorry about your mother. She, she was, was a, a very, very attractive, attractive woman. woman. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry about the death of your mother. She was a very attractive woman to yeah. children. I love that line. Um." But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that because. Uh, oh, we didn't do it for an episode. We did it for a. We, we just watched it. Oh, you just watched it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you guys? Wait, have you guys done Royal Tenenbaums? No, not no. yet. What? Not yet. We need to though. We need to. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one is. Yeah. Oh, how have you not? How has no one like snagged that one? I know. Oh, I know. Man. That's that's the thing. Sometimes I feel like, oh, we've done so many episodes. Are we gonna be able to keep this up? And then I'm like, no. There's always there's more. There's always another movie that we haven't oh, gotten to. Oh my god. There's there's so, yeah. other ones that uh, yeah. Uh, so that one's that one's up there. Maybe for you'll me. have to come back for the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. yeah. If you guys start revisiting, I know. I want to tell say which mm-hmm. ask you which movies you've done, but I don't want to say them because then somebody else will go. Oh no, I want jump that on one. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can you can ask us later. Yeah. We'll I t- will ask. We'll you talk later. about it off mic because I have I definitely. <laughs> have one that I'm going to ask you guys. Oh, fun, fun. Well, I mean, we I think we could talk about Rosemary's Baby all night long. It's so good. It is so good. It's a movie that sometimes I'll go a few years without seeing and then I'll put in I'll put it in and I'm like, fuck, this movie is great. Yep. <laughs> oh no, I'll sometimes I'll go a few days without it. I, mean, I literally just put it on. I was going to say like like you were saying, this movie I can, I'm the type of person that has something that's just on oh, yeah, if I'm sure. working oh, no, or for doing sure. whatever. I, yeah. I I always do that. And this this can definitely be that type of movie because it is just so beautiful that it can just be on and playing and I just look at it and love it. But also if I did want to just sit down and take a break, take a break, just watch any part of it and just be like, all right, this is where we are. You want to finish it up. is like that, so that um, the fearless vampire killers. The fearless it's just vampire killers. a beautiful movie to look at that. I, what yeah. Roman had done the year before this. Okay. I haven't even seen it. You've never seen the fearless it's vampire killers one year before this. So it's it like is older. Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate. 
Yeah. What? And he's traveling yeah. around. I think it's like Transylvania, like Eastern Europe. And he ends up at this inn and Sharon Tate's there. And it's 60s Sharon Tate, like the most beautiful the woman, most beautiful yeah. woman on the she planet. Her. Isn't yeah. her hair red in the movie? Yeah. I think she's wearing like and a red they, wig. Uh, yeah. And she gets kidnapped by a coven of vampires and they he ends up having to break into a vampire ball okay how have i never never seen seen the fearless vampire killers and i mentioned that at the top of the episode that my stepdad who grew up in the 60s he was young in the 60s and he remembers that movie and rosemary's baby yeah and just sort of what a huge impression it made on him when he was young. Yep, and Sharon. Tate. Oh yeah, you have to look. Yeah, you have to look it, look it up. Um, we'll show you clips of it, and there's beautiful painted backdrops in it. See, yeah, it's I, cool. I love. I love a a beautiful movie. I loved a yeah. movie that I, you could turn the sound off and just watch mm-hmm. and just be like, just a god. I showed it to beauty. Pete last October, and I don't think he was super into it. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's definitely a dated movie, yeah. and um, it feels very. It, it's a uh, it's a European movie. Yeah, it's not an American production. So is that so sometimes European film? They, they almost feel like a Mentos commercial. Yes. you know when you watch a Mentos, commercial, you can't quite put your finger on it. You yeah, know, something is off about this well they do that thing they do that thing where like every actor just speaks their native tongue and then they just dub it all over in english (laughs) yeah i don't know if it's in the editing or whatever yeah but i noticed that there is a very mentos commercial Mm -hmm. vibe absolutely very yeah european stuff i I have to watch the fearless vampire killers check it out and and sharon tate is in like St. Pauli girl drag. Oh, like. she's so beautiful. <laughs> she is the most... God, if she had just... Oh, can you imagine if she had lived? I mean, yeah. Like, she's just mm-hmm. so... Oh, what a magnificent unicorn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Speaking of unicorns, Mia Farrow is a voice in The Last Unicorn. And that was another movie uh, I was thinking we what? need to do. Made a huge impression <laughs> Animated on movie us from when, the we early were, 80s. when we were children. Yeah. That's, uh, I, didn't another... know she, I didn't know she did. My, my kids love that too. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's she's the voice of The Last Unicorn. It's her and uh, Jeff Bridges. Princess Amalthea. And Alan Arkin. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, we 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 should wrap this up. Thank We've you so much. We time. finally got this you on the show. I know. After a I am. Year I mean, pandemic. I've recruited <laughs> Drew Drogi from you. Yes. Jackie Beat did the Poseidon Adventure. Yes. We just have to get Sherry. We will be reaching out to Sam. Sherry Vine. We have to get, well, I'm going to say the names right now. Yeah. You need Sherry Vine uh, needs yeah. to show up. Absolutely. Uh, you know who else would be wonderful is Mario Diaz. Yes, I would indeed. love to get Mario Let Diaz. Let me tell you something right now. Mario yeah. Diaz is the greatest conversation. He's the funniest. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding you. A legend of LA nightlife. Yeah. Legend of LA and New York. City oh, yes. Yep. yes. I mean, absolutely. he is an icon. Yeah. And he would be fantastic. And um, Nadia Ginsburg. Oh, oh yes. love Nadia. Absolutely. Selene Luna. Do you know Selene? Yes, I love her. Yes. She's fantastic. <laughs> she would be fantastic. Hilarious. Yes. And, and I remember the first time I saw her out uh, in like East LA. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, she's there. She is talk, another icon. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I don't even. I can't even believe I get to know these people. Much yeah. as call them my friends. <laughs> yep, and um, yeah. So I. I know them all and we'll get them all in here. Definitely. That would be so much fun. They're the best. <laughs> and we'll definitely have you on again for something yes. else. We'll do this again. Else. Yes, we yeah. have. I insist that we do this again, but I'm not going to say. Yeah, no, no, I'm no. Gonna, I want to find out. We'll hold it. We live in the same town. <laughs> yeah. I see you all the time. I know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Wrote me in. But this has been lovely. Thank definitely. you so much for thinking of me, you well, guys. Of course. And thank you most of all for holding this film for yes. me because yeah. I know that you did. I mean, yeah, yeah we've been holding it f- for 122 episodes. Yes. 
So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I finally got to slither my way over. (laughs) Are you currently, well, is there anything that you can talk about that you're currently working on? I'm just working on my, uh, my book right now, oh, my great. memoir of my scandalous youth. Um, and uh, I'll keep you updated on Love when it. that's done. And uh, it's Yeah, let us it's know. We'll give it a plug. Yeah, Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. But it's time to say goodnight. And uh, until next time, Muffy, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. What a fun Once month. again. Yes, indeed. Did a lot of great movies this month. Does that wrap up, wrap up our, our spooky movies? Spook- I think we really outdid ourselves. <laughs> and next week's episode yes. is going to be... going to be a lot of fun. Amazing. So great. We've been waiting to do this next one, like Rosemary's Baby, yeah. pretty much These last two. the entire run of our show. We have had them on the books for a while now, mm-hmm. so... Glad to be getting them out to you. But I think right now it is about that time. Patreon shout outs. Patreon shout outs. We would like to say a big hey, hey, hello to Travis, Esperanza, Nicole, Susan, Barry, JJ, Layton, Shelby, Merle, Charlie, Heather, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emily, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, Nick and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you as always. Thank you so much. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay and check out all of our fun, special, exclusive Patreon editions like Mm -hmm. our new newsletter that just went out. As patrons, you should have uh, gotten a newsletter mm-hmm. already very recently. And um, the Watch With Us commentaries. Yeah. You keep saying we're going to get another one. We're going to get another one for October. We've done two. Before That's pretty good. Is out. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get an extra special one in very, very shortly. So check that out. Uh, we would also love it if you would rate and review and subscribe to our show. Give us five stars, Give please. Us five stars. Go to Apple Podcasts. Write us a review. We'll read it on the show. Yeah. We love when we get good reviews. So please go ahead and do that over on uh, Apple Podcasts. We, you can find us on social media on Instagram and uh, Facebook. We are at Movies That Made Us Gay. And on Twitter at MTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. You can find me. My name is Pete. I am on Facebook and – not Facebook. I say that all the time. You can find me. My name is Pete. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. And I'm Oscar Scott on Twitter, Scott Youngballer on Instagram, and look up my letterbox. Yes, indeed. I'll I'll get to my letterbox <laughs> again. I, <laughs> I fill out my one and all I the time. always forget to add to it. Mm-hmm. I'll keep I'll keep adding to it. So check us out there. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much. We will see you very, very soon. Bye. Bye. I specifically said Mia Farrow and Rosemary's Baby.